August 31st, 2015, 5.52 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Hey, um, did you hear about this new directive? What? No, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, we've got like five and a half, wait, what time is it? Yeah, we got like five and a half hours to do final cuts on this game. Oh my god, uh, shouldn't that have been decided like months ago? Look, man, I don't make the rules, I just scoff at them and then follow them anyway. Now, are you going to help me, or, like, what do you... Yeah, let's let's take a look. All right, how many gigs do we need to shave off this fucking Blu-ray? Um, I don't know how many we have, but I think we need to get it below 30. Huh, that seems potentially not right, but fuck it. Uh, that's not too bad. Uh, wait a minute, what's this file that we've got here? Do you know what this is? Uh, hold on, let me look at it. It's called Five Minutes of Missing Skull Face Dialogue from the Back of the Jeep Wave." Oh, that's 15 gigs right there. Yeah, snip that shit, man. Of course. Done. Alright. Uh, do we have any unnecessary missions? Like, uh, did the team have a bunch of repeats in here that we can just kind of knock out? Um... Well, there are those weird ones between 30 and 50. Oh, those? No, we're at, we have to keep those, no matter what. Oh. Um, okay. Well, what about these ones? Do you mean 51 through 70? Yeah. Wait, only delete 52 through 55. The rest are, like, critical story missions. Okay. Um, okay, let me just, uh, let me command click. Oh, shit. What? I think I just deleted all of them. Fucking what? Just hit fucking Command Z or whatever the button is. I Undo. Deleted the recycling bin off my desktop because I don't like clutter. Fucking what? I listen. We got eighty gigs out, so that's something. So you know, I, 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 the game ends at mission thirty anyway, right? <laughs> like, I think, I think that's right. Uh, fuck it. Let's just okay. Let's go ahead and do it before we get yelled at. I guess. All right. Let's keep going. Um, maybe. This one. It's like 70 gigs. Oh, you mean, uh, what does that say? Making the parasite make sense.mp4? Yeah, I mean, we don't need to tie that in. Let's just say it's nanomachines, right? And it is gone. Nice. This is going to be easy. Yeah. August 31st, 2015. 11.25 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. God Damn, man, we've been at this for the whole time, and we still have so much data to clear. There's got to be something else. Come on, let's keep digging. Uh, clear through here. Oh, wait, I think I got it. What is it? What is it? Um, It looks like Kiefer Sutherland Major Dialogue.mp3. Fuck, dude, this thing's like 500 gigs. Oh, get that shit out of here, dude. It's an mp3 anyway. What, what the fuck? Yeah, Why isn't there a wave? Yeah, fucking lossless, man. What the fuck are these guys thinking? Anyway... Oh, shit, look it! Oh, my God. Okay, so we're sitting, like, right where we need to be. This is fucking great. Yeah, 25.1 gigs, man. Love that. Ship it! I've got some leftover Chinese food at home with my goddamn name on it. I'm out. Yeah. Here's to you, dear listeners. Welcome to Metal Gear Mondays, the most thorough Metal Gear podcast on the internet. I am your host, Sam Wright, and I'm joined this week, again, and as always, by my best friend, Alessia Summerfield. Hello? Hey, everybody! (laughs) What the fuck just happened? 
I just had to make sure that you, that you meant it. You know what I mean? I just want to yeah. give. It, I just want to give it space to breathe. Wanna, that way, you can it, sit in it, it for a little bit. Yeah, of course I mean yeah. that. <laughs> Hi, Sam. Hi, listeners. Hi. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is episode ninety nine of Woo. the podcast, which is fucking nuts. It's the last of um, the double digits. Last of the double digits. We're moving into triple digit territory, and to celebrate, I'm gonna eat a piece of cheesy bread. Hold on. I'll I'm sponsored by Cheesy Bread this week from Flying Saucer Pizza here in Kirkland, Washington. And I'm going to take a sip of this sparkling blackberry cucumber water from Aldi. Oh, love me some Aldi. Um, <sighs> so that's what happens when you get into triple digits. You get sponsors. Yeah, you take the uh, <laughs> you take it. You take your belt down a notch, and you just let yep. it all hang out. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just talking about things I like. Um, but yeah, so this episode we're going to finish up talking about the main story of... Um, I liked your smash <laughs> announcer voice there. Thank you. The main of, uh, story! The main story of, of Metal Gear Solid Five, The Phantom Pain. And um, we're going to talk about side ops, and we're going to have a discussion about disassociation... And mental illness. It's kind of like how I can love and hate this game simultaneously. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, So we're going to get into that as soon as we talk about what? It's the news. news. It's time for new, new, new news. Metal Gear News! Yeah! I like that. That wasn't even choreographed. It wasn't. Uh, so we got some pretty interesting news to kind of kick us off. Miss Donna Burke, who is, uh, sorry, (laughs) who is the singer of several songs in the Metal Gear series, as well as the voice of the iDroid, as we know, um, tease a little thing on, uh, Twitter, as she is wont to do. She tweets stuff about the series on Twitter weird at weird times. Um, should we get Donna Burke on this show? Let's get Donna Burke on the All show. Right, you keep talking. I'll, I'll go ahead and get an email out. Yeah, go ahead and draft that up. Um, no, she tweeted out a video clip of her in like 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 being a fake diva and like directing some type of like music composition. She's on um, voice one two three dot com. We can pay her to record stuff for us. Ooh yeah, love Sorry. that. Um, uh, but yeah, so she tweeted that there, she tweeted that there's a new project just for the fans with the phrase "kept you waiting, huh?" and like a emoji face. So um, there is there is now rumors floating that there is a new Metal Gear project on the way, which is great for us. <laughs> yeah, we're case. just waiting. We're sitting here legitimately just waiting for. You think that we cover. we delayed five for so long because we we didn't want to play it? No, we were fucking trying to make sure we had content. <laughs> yeah, we're trying not to end the show here, you guys. No, we um, would never do that. Or would we? No, I think we've got Mr. President. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Introducing our next get. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's that. Um. You want to talk about the complete Metal Gear timeline? Uh, yeah, let's talk about that. So somebody posted on YouTube. This is a major bummer. Oh nope, never mind. I have the email address for uh, Donna Burke's uh, mm. uh, media coordinator. So perfect. We'll fire. We that should off email later. that person. And then before, since we went back, 
we forgot. We just completely skipped over the fact that we need to discuss what we think's going on. <laughs> yeah, totally forgot about that. So here, here, here's my two cents. I think that video game news sites are grasping. I don't. Mm. I don't think it's a Metal Gear project. I think it's a music project. And she's gonna be like, "Oh, we've got more tour dates for Metal Gear in concert," or she's gonna be like, "Here's a new song inspired by Phantom Pain" or something. Like, I don't. Yeah. I don't think that Donna would get permission to be the one to break the news on like a new Metal Gear. Or what if like she was? If she so one, if she was, then Konami is worse off than we think they are. Uh, (laughs) If she's she's, the new snake, yeah. If she's rebelling and doing it on her own, then like that's another thing. But she's probably gonna get in trouble. I don't know. I I'm gonna stay cautiously skeptical. Mm. We had discussed. um, No, actually, I'm gonna bring that up later. Okay. Do you want to now talk about the YouTube video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the cellular that goes by the leaderboard, at least I think that's the correct. Um, I know that I keep talking about throwing things in the show notes, and yet the last two episodes that went on the website uh, got very quick show notes slash summaries because I have had a lot less time lately than I typically do. But I will go through the website and update everything very shortly. But anyway, show notes for this one. We're going to throw it in there. A complete Metal Gear timeline was posted to YouTube featuring David Hayter on the episode itself. So Mm. if you guys want to watch a 42-minute video covering the entire Metal Gear timeline with David, that's on YouTube now. So that's cool. So, like, how big of a part does he play? Is he just narrator or, like... No, there's a main narrator. He's kind of, like, just in there. I'll I'll let you guys. Is it see like it. I don't is, it like, is it like a did you know type of narrator? Or is it like a- <laughs> uh, no, I mean it's a pretty normal guy. It sounds like if it was like one of us mm-hmm. doing it or something. Did uh, you know you knew? <laughs> <laughs> did you know that you knew? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, and then as we've discussed a couple times on the show thus far, um, at Kogitas. this point in time, Kojitas. Um, <laughs> Kojidly? I'll tell you. was there. Oh, that's true. Can we talk about... (laughs) I just... Sam, you made me, like, laugh until I had tears in my eyes. Oh, Uh, yeah. Of all Jeff Keighley's posting all these videos of him and his boyfriend, Hideo Kojima, in New York, (laughs) touring around. Yeah. Yeah. Sam just texted me. So, like, it was probably ten minutes after I had seen it. I went on Twitter, and Jeff Keighley had tweeted out, like, Kojima's in New York. And it's literally just a video of Kojima looking really confused. As to, like, he looks like Ricky Bobby from Talladega Nights being like, <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands. Or whatever the fuck. Uh, and uh, he's just, like, walking around a city block in New York and, like, trying to avoid pedestrians. And just looking really confused. And ten minutes after I watched it, just kind of being like, that was lame. Uh, Sam texts me and he goes, did you see Jeff Keighley posting videos of his boyfriend today at Kojima in New York? (laughs) (laughs) And I fucking lost it. The only thing that was missing was like Jeff Keighley, like doing this, the selfie where he's holding hands with fucking Hideo. Yeah. It was very weird. Uh, I hope they make it Facebook official soon. Mm -hmm, Me too. Uh, um, but this is to say, they were in New York because they were at Tribeca Film Festival to talk about um, that game that he's making. Death Stranding. Oh, my God. No, um, I think they were really there for Kojima to just collect more photos with celebrities. Yeah, probably. Um, 
but I, I, I am ashamed to say that at this point in time, which, um, which is April 30th that we're recording this, I, uh, have not read about what they talked about. So do you want to, oh, let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't as big as people might think that it should have been given the situation. Um, for all intents and purposes, it feels like it was a pretty closed door event. I think there have been snippets and stuff like that that have leaked online. Um, but effectively they just kind of talked about their working relationship. Uh, Norman talked a lot about how fucking cool it was. Uh, Kojima went off on a tangent talking about how authentic the Norman Reedus in the game is. Uh, and literally was like, if Norman gets new tattoos, we're going to patch the game to feature his new tattoos. And I'm like, I don't fucking care about any of that. That's Um, really weird. That's a a weird level of obsession and detail. Yeah, I started the whole thing kind of salty. Like, I was like, really? Like, this is what you're choosing to spend time on? Um, I don't know how it's going to play out in the main uh, finished product, but like... Yeah, especially after they just discussed that they were, he was like, that it was coming out later than they anticipated. And this yeah. is what you're spending your, your resources on. And then not only that, but they talked about how there was going to be multiplayer. They did talk about how multiplayer was going to effectively always be on. Um, mm. So I'll be curious to see what that's like. I think it's gonna, it sounds not unlike a Dark Souls kind of thing. Um, mm. I don't know if you're going to see people in spirit form or how that's going to work. Um, I'm excited for that. But the one thing about the multiplayer that did not make me very excited was when they kind of started comparing it to the FOB sequences in 5. Oh, no. And I was like, I don't care for that at all. I was like, I thought this yeah, was they- supposed to be this like revolutionary take on multiplayer that was supposed to melt our brains not some like let me sneak into your base and steal your shit so i don't know maybe i think i'm being a little too critical but i definitely came out of it like and then kojima said something along the lines i think somebody asked a question about like are there going to be cutscenes? and kojima was talking a lot about how this time it seems like it's gonna be more like five like he kept making these comments about how there would be story, but that you could choose to engage with the story at your own pace. What? And that kind of made me worry. And then there were quotes about how there are cutscenes, there are very long cutscenes, but that, like, since it's kind of open world, like, you kind of choose when to engage. I don't know, man. That's very weird. I was like, you're just describing five, and I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I think ready. I think what the trepidation comes from and I think the over like I think it's good to be overly critical about it maybe to an extent because if you think about it like he's we're coming from playing 5 being just being done playing 5 and you know depending on who you ask that didn't rub a lot of people the right way and so this is his new project he's free of Konami he's doing what he wants and so you're just like this guy has been making Metal Gear for fucking how long? Like 20-something years? Mm-hmm. And this is the first time he's really done anything outside of that property um, since... Forever. Like, since, like, fucking exactly. 1994 or something. Exactly. So it's like... I guess since Boktai, y- but... Yeah. So or it's like I use a PT, but still. Well, PT, yeah, but PT was so, like contained that it that it like I, I wouldn't necessarily count it but um I don't know it just feels like 
what is he going to do? And I think I think we should hold him to a little bit more scrutiny. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think he should get a pass because he's Hideo Kojima, you know? Yeah, I, I feel like the longer that we've done this podcast, the more that I have felt myself kind of start to lose the stars in my eyes when it comes to Kojima. Mm-hmm. I think he's a really cool guy. I think he's got really good, oh, yeah. ta- really good taste. Um, like a lot of the shit that he likes, I am also fond of. Um, but like, I know a lot of people with tastes that I like that I don't like what they do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see how it shakes out. Like I, I'm not trying to be a hater. Um, and I, I promise <laughs> that. In- <laughs> I promise that. Uh, I promise that uh, interviewing Jeremy Blaustein did not turn me into a negative Nancy when it comes to Kojima. Um. But let's just say I'm going into this with a healthy amount of skepticism. Mm. I hope. I mean, I'm, I'm let's sure. be let's be real. We're still going to buy it like day of. Uh, oh yeah, but because at this like, point, I think it's like out of obligation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So nice, Sam. Do we yeah. want to talk about the super special Metal Gear news update for Metal Gear Mondays? Yeah. So really, before we get into you, your you. one, I want to talk. God, skirt, skirt. Um, I want to talk about my one real quick. And that is, if you listen to the last two weeks of episodes, um, you'll know that I, in the podcast, if you, you, I said that our meetup that we're having when Alessio and Isaac are going to be in Seattle is um, happening at two different places. But if you listen to the top of those episodes, you'll, you'll have heard my special note about how that's not true. Um, so this oh, let is me my... check on uh, really quickly before you do all that. I'm going to check on mm-hmm. the release date of this episode to make sure. That I already did, early. and that's oh, okay. why I feel confident saying this right Look now. Look at you. Look at me. Um, right, continue. Sorry. So, <laughs> so, um, so this is the final definitive. This is when and what it's what's happening. Um, so as you're listening to this, not this coming weekend, but the weekend after. That's Memorial Day weekend. On May 25th um, at 9 p.m., we're going to be holding a meetup in Seattle um, at uh, Spin Seattle, um, which is a like a ping pong bar type deal. It's pretty cool. Um, it's uh, 1511 Sixth Avenue um, in Seattle proper. It's down the street from the Cinerama and some other places, cool places around. Um, but uh, I. Uh, we're going to be meeting up there and we're going to have a good time uh, playing games and uh, hanging out and having some drinks and stuff like that. Uh, So you should show up and have some, uh, have some fun with us. And um, I know that a lot of our listeners are like on the Eastern side of the country. um, Or in the central side of the country. Or in the central side of the country. Or in the Canada side of the country. Yeah, I was going to say, really quickly, like, mad shout out, like, 39% of our listeners are from British Columbia now. Yeah. Sweet Christ, you guys. That's crazy. We went from zero Canadians to, like, a lot of Canadians. Yeah. Which BC is like... Thanks, thanks, Terry. Just putting that out there. Yeah, thanks, Terry. Terry. Yeah, BC is like right above Washington. So, um, and which, which, and I say that like right above. It's a trip. It's a trek. So, uh, you know, if you can't make it, that's fine. But like, if you if you feel like you like to do that, come out, hang out, have Don't a good bring time, a knife. have some fun. Don't bring a knife. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
yeah, have some I, fun. I can't, I can't downplay the uh, pain in my side that I feel when I say don't bring a knife. Yeah, Alessio's Alessio's got a, uh, a somewhat rational fear that uh, <laughs> somebody's gonna gonna stab him uh, <laughs> in the spleen with a knife. <laughs> I wish it was in the spleen because then I'd be like, "Fuck it, I don't need that." You probably still bleed out if you didn't get oh, that's taken true. care of soon enough. Yeah, it's a good thing Seattle has no hospitals. Oh yeah, for sure. You know that that classic belief that. <laughs> a classic belief about Seattle. It's got the most famous hospital, Crazy Anatomy, baby. That's not real. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad that we get to leave that hanging. <laughs> but yeah, so real. come hang out. May 25th, 9 p.m. Spin Sixth Avenue. Come have have a good time. Dope. Don't bring a knife. Yep, love it. Also, uh, maybe don't bring uh, somebody. So Joshua Wiley, God bless you, uh, left a very funny comment on the Patreon for episode 98. He was like, oh, man, so now you guys are dodging knives and you have to make sure people don't bring their genitals in boxes. And then he responded with, it's not just a box. Oh, no. Yeah, don't bring your genitals. Well, bring your genitals, but keep them inside of your pants. I love the idea of being like, no genitals allowed. Like just keep them out, <laughs> keep them out in the car. Just keep I realized I realized what I was saying as I said it. So yeah. you know. Anyway, yeah, yeah that's your, uh, your genitals that. are welcome then, uh, inside of your clothing. Do you want me to uh, name some famous people and some prizes? Yeah, do it. Very nice. I'm very excited for these three guests who are going to have on episode number 100, which will not be Ooh. the next episode, but the episode after. It will be the next episode for me and Sam, but it will be the one after for all of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so episode number 100 we're doing a fan trivia extravaganza what what's that you might ask uh we asked uh, oh what's that alessio <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we asked uh we asked all of our patrons to submit audition tapes and videos we i think we received a little yeah, like, it was a good it was a good it was a good it was number like- that's a good number. Yeah, um, we got we got some folks, and um, we picked these three people. Um, uh, there's a lot of different factors, um, and we we settled on these three, and we're really excited to welcome Tori Cortez, uh, yeah. Cole Duncan, and yeah. Liquid Metal Mike yeah. on the show. Uh, very very excited. Um, so it'll be those three, and then it'll be me, Sam, and Isaac. And we will be conducting a trivia show. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but there will be three categories at least. Uh, those three categories are going to be multiple choice, uh, guess that quote, and then uh, some short, and then some short answers. Some short answers. This is the first time I've heard. I've been. I've heard this behind the curtain. Perfect. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why the phrase "guess that quote" makes me laugh so much. Well, so the shitty part is we can't screen share because of ZenCaster. Um, mm-hmm. But I will send it out to patrons after we record. I'm going to make a like a pitch deck, like a slide deck, um, so that like if you want to, you could run your own Metal Gear trivia at your house on your television <laughs> with a group of friends. <laughs> um, I'm going to have way too much fun with it, and it's going to be super goofy. Um, we're even have going to have like goofy game show music and stuff, but. Um, I think we'll take some time to get to know our contestants and uh, we'll probably dedicate, I'd say like what, 45 minutes or something to the actual contest. Um, Sounds about right. And then we'll have some discussion and all that jazz. But the prizes that are available is the person in first place wins a 
Play Arts, Kai, or Kai Play Arts, uh, Tiger Striped Ice Cream Cone, uh, <laughs> Venom Snake, uh, Figurine, and they also win two guest spots on future MGM episodes. Mm. Pretty fancy, pretty snazzy. Uh, the second place winner will receive a Metal Gear game of their choosing on their platform of choice. Uh, within reason, obviously. If you're like premium edition Japanese MGS1 in the box uh, for PS1, I'm going to have to veto that shit. Um, you also get a Zone of the Enders 2 Remix CD music soundtrack and one guest spot in the future. And uh, then after that, the third place winner gets a $20 gift card to a gaming platform of their choice. So we're really excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we hope you will come and listen and celebrate 100 years of Metal Gear Mondays. That's what that that's means, right? Not, that's not right. 100 years. Metal Gear Mondays, 100yearsforever.com. <laughs> it's the Metal Gear, Centen- Metal Gear Monday Centennial Celebration trivia episode. Yeah. Also, I just want to quote. My dad was like, are you nervous that these like gearheads that you've got friends with that are meeting <laughs> you in Seattle are going to be good people? I was like, Dad, the gearheads will be good, but I am scared of ni- knives. <laughs> I just say cracked me up that he referred to them as gearheads. Gearheads, isn't that like a term for something? Like a yeah, it's like, like people a drug that, thing. No, I think gearheads are like people that are into like cars or into like mechanical things. Oh, you mean horse boys? Of course, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that on Patriot Club. Oh yeah, soon to be called <laughs> Equestrian Club. <laughs> um, yeah, so cool stuff happening. Uh. Big things popping, little things stopping. Um, you want to talk about Metal Gear? Let's do it. Let's jump into this shit. Let's wrap it up. Ha-hoo! Um, <laughs> um, so when we last left you, we beat Sally to a pulp and we stole it. are beginning. Yes, we are be- We are beginning chapter two race. Um, weird chapter. And we're beginning. Yeah. Very weird chapter. And we're beginning this chapter by talking about the. Uh, very strange inclusion of very of numerous non-essential missions that we're just going to skip past, um, essentially. Um, yeah, I mean, it, we, they, we should definitely talk about, like, the categorization of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, but... So there are um, 50 missions in Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, <laughs> Only 15 of them matter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> for real. Um, in Chapter 2... There are, um, there are one, two, uh, three, four, five, six chapters that are actually like new story related things with some side ops sprinkled in between them, um, that are important. Um, and then the rest of those missions are, um, replays of old missions, uh, that have like additional, 
like qualifications to them. So we have subsistence, which are um, missions that put Snake into the wild with no preparation. So he has his uh, his rad robot arm, his Fultons, and his olive drab camo, and everything else is OSP. And reflex mode is disabled. I actually um, really like this mode, and I feel like yeah. it actually makes the game feel like the beginning again. Yes. Uh, it just kind of blows that they only do it for two. Yeah, it's the least one. It's the one that's used the least, which kind of sucks. Um, and the two that they give you are like the really early ones. They're the really early ones, and they're the ones where you need like explosives. Because yeah, the I ones just, that they. The yeah, ones I don't that they understand do are why they C2W. Why wouldn't they make this like a toggle, like where I could just go to any know. mission and turn it on? Well, because well, because that well, so let's get through all three of the categories, and then and then we'll talk about that because I had some thoughts about that too. Um, but yeah, so um, C two W and occupation forces. So the one we have to destroy the comms equipment and um, eliminate the colonel and his tanks um, are the subsistence missions. Um, then they have extreme, which um, increases the difficulty and the durability of the mission and the enemies. Um, uh, it's just harder, essentially. Yeah, it just makes it a little bit harder. Um, that's uh, back up, back down, where you have to destroy a bunch of enemy vehicles. Um, Trader's Caravan, the fuck, where you have to extract the doo-doo butter truck and the, with the skulls. Um, <laughs> Cloaked in Silence, which is your battle with Quiet. Uh, Metallic Archaea, which is the battle with the skulls after you rescue Kotaker. Kotaker, um, which is rescuing Kotaker. And Sahalanthropus, which is the final battle against Sally, which is um, um, Mission uh, 30. Um, or most of these are weird like the two boss battles are kind of weird that they're here I'm going to be honest yeah. with you because you can still kind of cheese the quiet one the exact same way mm-hmm. um, and then the cell anthropist battle I don't know anybody who's like man I wish this was harder <laughs> for real um, so there's those and then total stealth are um, missions you have to complete without being spotted at all if you are seen you fail the mission and reflex mode is disabled which I also think is a pretty cool twist they should have called this um, one European extreme as an yeah, homage sure. to its uh, what it actually was called the first time that this mm-hmm. difficulty appeared. Um, so those that's uh, Footprints of Phantoms, which is where you have to eliminate all the walker gears in Africa. Um, over the fence, we have to rescue the engineer that developed Snake's Hand. Uh, Mountain Dew Pitch Black, um, which is the one where you have to destroy the oil pumps. It's the first Africa mission. And um, the war economy, which is when you have to eliminate the CFA official while the arms dealer is inspecting the airport. And that's basically those. Those are those three categories. That's most of the missions in Chapter 2. Um, it's super weird that CTW is one of the subsistence ones, now that I'm thinking about it, because I'm pretty sure that's the one where you can just straight fucking cheese it from the helicopter. Yeah, for sure. So like, Absolutely. what? Oh, it's so weird. Okay, sorry. Um, well, because if you think about it too, is like I'm not I'm not entirely sure why they didn't just do this like Ground Zeroes where you could sh- where you play through it once and you can replay it with a different difficulty. Yeah, that would have been great, and it, it would have added a great. lot of replay value too. Absolutely, and you can like choose one of these modes for all of the missions, and it would have been great. But you think it's because they didn't they didn't want to go through and do that for every mission? You think it was probably? Work? Oh, more than likely. Um, maybe maybe that was the intention, and I don't I don't know. I mean, based I mean, we on what, argue, yeah, we based on what we talked about, come home about yeah, uh, intention, yeah, because I think based on what we were talking about last episode, it's like a lot of people mm-hmm. seem to think that like this is what was intended, but at the same mm-hmm. time, like this kind of feels like they had pieces of talk mm-hmm. of talk like they finished like they finished the the these types of missions on these specific ones, and they were just like shit. Well. I guess we're just going to put these as chapter two missions. 
and they have no bearing on the story. Like they don't change based on what's going on or where you're at. They're just the same thing, just harder. And we don't even get hit with the uh, pseudo historical recreational tag, like yeah. they're meant to be, uh, like weird spinoffs or something. It would have been cool to see right. like weird spinoff shit, like Jamais Vu in this game. Yeah, for sure, it would have been great. But alas, they did not. So. That being said, we're going to breeze past those now that we've discussed them. I did not yeah, play yeah. them in my playthrough. I, was just um, like, I did my Fuck first it. playthrough. I did not play them for this one. Or I kept um, them I don't. I, yeah, I didn't play any of them this time through. I can't remember if I played any of them last time or not, but I definitely didn't play any of them because I was like, "Fuck it." Um, yeah, the for, first the, for the record, unique... I think I beat every single mission my first playthrough except for the final Sahelanthropus one whichever mm. whichever one that is i think it's 44 maybe it's the very last one the it's um, 50 yeah. yeah 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 um i will say i didn't do it for this one either but i i will say that like if time is willing i would like to dig a bit deeper and prod a bit further with mgs5 over the next few months um, and if I've got more to say about the online or any of the extra features or anything like that, I mean, I've got a backlog out the ass, but I do want to see a little bit more of this game. So if I do end up taking on some sort of crazy, like, Hey guys, I a hundred percent at it. Um, we'll definitely do mm-hmm. some sort of like follow up episode where we talk about it, maybe even get a guest on or something. Yeah, that'd be dope. Um, but yeah, so the first, uh, I'm just going to move swiftly along into this dark night. Um, the first unique mission is episode 32, uh, to know too much, um, which isn't really like a useful mission at all. <laughs> yeah, it's just unique. Um, it's another, yeah, it's just unique. It's not a story mission. Um, and we go back to Afghanistan as well. Yeah, we do go back to Afghanistan. So we're, we're shifting back and forth again. Um, the next important thing is uh, side up 143. Um, it's an important side up called Extract the AI Pod, um, where Snake must go back to the lab um, where uh, he extracted Huey the first time and get the AI Pod. This doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Like, I'm like, why would this not have been part of that Huey extraction? Exactly. Like, why wouldn't they have grabbed it? Like, it like we talked to it. Way. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, maybe that's important. We should take that. Yeah, my well, favorite thing about this too is that it's not even used too. Like after after you bring it back to the base, I feel like it's very hardly used at all as anything. Well, it's it's not. It's like it's a it's a device for what we're, we're going to talk about it a little bit later. But it's right. like a device for getting Huey kicked off of Mother Base, essentially. Yeah, that's um, pretty much all it acts as, which is like okay. And my favorite thing about it too is that it like pulls the Metal Gear Survive where when you you lock its coordinates and it like fucking launches out of the lab through the oh, roof yeah. I forgot about that. and nobody gets alerted to that which seems silly um but yeah so that's that it's not it's not too difficult you just have to get back into the soviet base camp i actually didn't have a very hard time with this one compared to the other times that i've been in the base camp but we're also coming back to it as like super soldiers at this point that's so. also true so it's just like who gives a shit man just fucking go. <laughs> oh, and it's a side op, so it's like whatever. Like bring yeah, in the helicopter. Exactly. Like send in. Yeah, D-dog, kill, kill, like, kill. Fuck yeah. It. Um, next one is the important side op one forty four, which is secure the remains of the man on fire. Um, so after you extract the AI pod, um, uh, Ocelot will give you a call, 
and well, this is when if you're fucking dense and you haven't figured it out by this point, um, uh, they just kind of spell out for you that um, the man on fire is Colonel Volgan. So we discussed that already um, in the past, uh, in like I, I think probably the first the first episode of five, um, and yeah, you. He's just, his base is, his body is just kind of chilling in the middle of a base. I was not a fan of this um, side op. I feel like it definitely felt like a weird asset thing yeah. where they're like, let's just copy and paste this character model into the middle of this base. And like with no rhyme or reason, just all of a sudden it's here and you got to get him. Yeah. Um, and then when you bring so, it back to the base, they like send it to the like same place where they keep the animals. I'm pretty sure. Mm hmm. And it's, and it's just, just like it's a like so you have no idea if this fucker you have no idea if this fucker's who the fuck knows if he's actually dead you know what I mean why would you even take it yeah it makes exactly. no sense like leave him the fuck there get get leave him alone yeah why not have had this reveal discussion about it being Volgan like at the beginning of the game when we all could tell it was Volgan yeah but it's just like he attaches a Fulton to the body and it starts to float away and then it explodes and then. Um, Man on fire starts to choke um, Snake, and then they have like these weird flashes, and then they reveal he's Volgan, and then he stumbles backwards, and um, he, he remembers he's his, dead. Is kind of what happens. Yeah, essentially that's what I didn't understand what the fuck was going on here. Um, but yeah, he kind of like remembers like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be dead, and then he kind of like falls over dead, and he goes back to base. Um. Yeah, and we talked yeah. about, I know that we talked about it loosely, but, like, just to put a pin in it, like, there are cassette tapes in the game that explain that, like, I guess there was an airplane carrying Volgan's body in it that happened to be flying by the area. It was either the airplane was carrying the body or the airplane was carrying Psychomantis, or both. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, but it's essentially, like, Psychomantis and Volgan's corpse pass each other. And Psychomantis is like, oh, there's residual like, hate juice flowing. Let me yeah. reanimate you with your anger. And then that same sort of rage is what inspires Psychomantis to become a little psycho. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any... It's like the Fast and the Furious yeah. writers brought their box of crayons, and they just mm-hmm. started writing this dumb story. Mm-hmm. Which no, because if if it was the Fast and the Furious writers, I'd at least be like having a good time. <laughs> that's a good, yep, that's fair. That is absolutely fair. Hey, but the producers um, of Fast and the Furious are bringing you a new kind of film called Sonic yeah. the Hedgehog. Oh, that is oh god, can we not? Yep, sorry, we'll talk about it later. Gross. Yeah, Patriot Club. Um, but yeah, so episode thirty-five is called Cursed Legacy. Um, and it's related to the story insofar as that you're getting, you're extracting containers worth of uh, Kotaka's research um, from. You're, you're literally like, extracting plot points. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like, it's um, like, go to this base and find these MP3s. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's near, um, it's near the mansion, but it's not quite by the mansion. It's kind of in the forest around it. So, um, I'm really surprised that the I, mansion didn't turn into like the, uh, Mansion from Resident Evil, <laughs> like midway oh, they're like, "Oh no, parasite zombies!" <laughs> I mean, they're in the game. Oh yeah, I mean, they could have totally zombies. done that. It did for me, remember? Because I this, I forgot I didn't oh, kill yeah. the skulls and mm-hmm. they reanimated. It became the uh, um, is it the Ashcroft Mansion? What's the name of the mansion from 
five? The Spencer Manson. Or Ari? Yeah, that's right. That's right. You're thinking in, of uh, in the Ark Lay Mountains. Yep. yep. You're thinking about Code Veronica, the uh, the uh, Ashford, not Ashcroft. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> Goldman, Goldman, let's say. Um, cold, cold Hotman, is that what you said? Cold, hot, cold Hotman aside. Um, cold Hotman aside. Um, <laughs> hot Coldman. Hot Coldman aside. Um, but yeah, I actually like this mission because it was uh, it was like a little bit of like close quarter sneaking in the forest. And um, there's a timer, um, like a secret timer. And then once you extract the first container, it's just like, oh, you've got time. They're going to come here and... and Blowing, uh, blowing up, blow up your spot. <laughs> they're gonna uh, come blowing up. Yep, they're gonna come blow up your spot if you don't do it. So, and nine minutes is plenty of time to do it if you're good. If you are an MLG pro like Sam, mm-hmm. got an A, baby. Very nice. Um, but yeah, so you get that out of there, and then um, a bunch of things happen, and I don't know if they happen in this order for you, but this is when they happen for me, so that's how we're going to talk about it, because I'm a special boy. Um, <laughs> um, a, couple, a couple things happen post-mission. Um, so, number one, um, you uh, are forced to return to Mother Base, um, and you stumble across uh, Ocelot trying to keep the kids uh, back from some kind of pit. And claiming that some things can't be helped, and then you discover that Shabani's necklace fell into a uh, a tank of chlorine disinfectant, um, which I is I just don't uh, understand why any of this fucking matters. I it I mean it's part of the whole child rebellion shit. No, uh, I ha- know, but because it's, like it's, ha- it's implied that Eli threw it down there because he's a fucking prick and like yeah, but it's like yeah. I know I said I wanted Metal Gear babies, but I I don't think I want it like this. <laughs> but yeah so snake tries to go down and get it and uh causes just like ah fuck that you're gonna die you'll get burned up and then quiet jumps down and they're um, all like oh man maybe she is cool yeah um and they think that she's dead and then she returns with the necklace and it's like super burned boss carries her away and then the kids are very happy to have the necklace back <laughs> Yeah. And then um, the other thing that happens is that there is a report that the AI pod contained the remains of Dr. Strangelove. Yeah, and I, think, I think we mentioned this on a previous episode, too. But yeah, somebody stuffed her dead body inside of the AI pod. Mm-hmm. Wonder who could have done this that. Is, and this is when they, dis, when they, um, when they reveal that uh, Strangelove is uh, Otacon's mom. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm fairly uh, certain that the implication is that Skullface put her in there, right? No. I don't think that Huey has the capability of killing. From what I remember listening to on the tape, it was Huey that like locked her in there. Or maybe I Oh, could be he did could lock be her in there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then she just asphyxiated. That's right. Yeah. 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 Apologies. Um but yeah, it's so, like you uh, hear her like chastising him from inside. Screaming of it. at him to yeah, 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 screaming at him to let her out, yeah. Um but yeah, so Huey uh, reveals that she was doing AI research with him, um, um, and claimed, and he claimed that Skullface killed her after they had an argument about AI-controlled Metal Gear. Um, uh, Huey um, claims that he asked Skullface not to uh, take her, and um, then Huey put her in the pod to hide her. I think is what the 
the implication was. Um, and then after Ocelot like puts pressure on him, he changes his tune and revealed that she killed herself by climbing in there on her own and suffocating. Um, and then Ocelot's like, she had surgical scars from before her death. And then he reveals that they had a child named Hal and that he never got a chance to see his face before they took him away. Um, and then more crazy stuff happens where it's revealed that um, an MRI on quiet after her injury shows that she was infected with the vocal cord parasite. Um, oh, man. Mm-hmm. It, could it be that secret mysterious third English strain? Oh, who knows? We don't know. Um, but yeah, so Snake comes to the uh, Room 101 where all the torture happens. Which I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty positive Room 101 is a 1984, like George Orwell reference. If, like I'm pretty sure that's be. where the protagonist gets tortured. Yeah, I think it might be. Um, but yeah, he is uh, electrocuting Quiet to get her to talk. and um, I don't get this at all. Like, if they if they did the MRI and they discovered she had the parasites, why would they Why would they, they want her to talk? Exactly? Yeah, I, don't, I really don't understand the logic here at all. Yeah, because it doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, none of it does. Um, action figures, yeah. go. It really <laughs> does feel like the plot is a kid controlling a bunch of action figures. <laughs> And us hearing about it. He's like, then the bad man beat up the big boy. And it's like, okay, <laughs> cool. You have fun with that. Um, but yeah, so uh, um, Kaz reveals that um, Quiet was the one that was sent to the hospital in Cyprus to kill Snake. And um, Kaz asks if Skullface was the one that sent her. And when she doesn't talk, she's splashed with salt water. And that doesn't agree with her. And, she's a slug. Um, that's what we discovered. Yeah. She's secretly she's a, a shape shifting slug. slug. She's a she's a snail. <laughs> Spirals. Oh um, no! Don't. <laughs> but yeah, Kotaker's like ah, oh, she'll she'll die, and um, uh, Ocelot <laughs> pours some fresh water on her to get the salt off her, and uh, um, he tells Kaz that they're wasting their time trying to torture her, and that she's not here to kill anyone, um, and that she's in love with the legend. Um, what is that a reference to? Do you think well, Ocelot's talking about his own dick? Probably. The uh, the the, the legend masturbates in the first Gallagher yep. Solid. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they they it's a uh, it actually gets a little intense because uh, um, Kaz is like, how can you be so sure she might be a spy? And Ocelot's like, what about if uh, what about if I'm a spy or you? And uh, Boss is just like, stop, let her go, cut her free. <laughs> Classic Ocelot. Walks away. Yeah. Ocelot's um, like, what if I'm a spy? Or you, or secretly me, five times with secret <laughs> organization. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty much. Ocelot's sucking an enigma, dude. I don't understand him. Like, he goes through a lot of shit to I like, don't think Kojima understands him either. I don't think. I don't think he goes. He goes from this to MGS4 Ocelot. How does that? Yeah. Everybody. So in our Discord, if you're a patron, one dollar a month. Uh, in our Discord, a lot of people talk about how the jump from uh, MGS3 Ocelot to this Ocelot is insane. Uh, mm-hmm. To me, the jump from this Ocelot to MGS4 Ocelot is the most insane. <laughs> like that's the one that well, doesn't you- track for me at all. <laughs> Well, it's it it does if you think about you have to jump from this one to MMGS one Ocelot first, right? Right. I think that's the jump that's the craziest is this to MGS one. 
Because it is a lot more time. He's had a chance to get older. He's had a chance a to bit. lose his mind a little bit. Yeah, he's gotten a little senile. <laughs> he likes a little Oops, bit of shuffleboard. <laughs> he shoots people with his revolver if he loses at shuffleboard. <laughs> so, you know, he's got a lot going for him, you know. And then he was in the retirement home and his best friend, uh, like, what it was like, Oh, Ocelot, I need you to help me take over a, a, a compound. He's like, yes, I'll do this. I'm not <laughs> Troy Baker anymore. <laughs> I'm Patrick Zimmerman. Yeah, exactly. And then Liquid's like, well, we can only be Troy once in our lives. And then they both go, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how that went, right? Yeah, that's exactly how that went. Yep. Okay. Cool. Good. Very glad nice. we get. Yep. Glad we got through that. Moving on. Um, Let's. Talk yeah. So after everybody, after everybody things. leaves, <laughs> Jesus. After everybody leaves the uh, the room one hundred and one, um, Cody rolls up to her and asks her in Navajo if she understands him, and she answers in the affirmative. She actually speaks. Um, uh, Cody asks her if Skullface is the one who sent her with the parasite, and. Um, uh, she claims that he sent her there with the English strain to infect Mother Base and then says she will never speak a word of English. I don't understand why. Yeah, because I remember when this moment happened, uh, my immediate first thought is, surely there's somebody who can speak multiple languages at Mother Base. Why didn't they just try to speak to Quiet in like 18 different languages and just see if she responded? Yeah, exactly. And like, Kota- like this entire fucking time, Kotaker, like why didn't Kotaker fucking speak to her Navajo at all once, ever? Yeah, again, I think um, we're, I'm not being a hater to be a hater. I truly believe that there are instances many times over in this game where the characters' motivations legitimately make zero sense. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even saying like, um, oh, well, let's see, you just don't understand. These people are in the espionage community. They speak very little and they don't want to show all their cards like i get it but why here and like mm-hmm. this like why not like i don't understand like why are the, why are they torturing her uh ocelot i know can speak different languages mm-hmm. uh i just don't like what the fuck like it just feels like nobody's doing their due diligence it feels like a bad dm doing a bad dungeons and dragons game <laughs> it's just like oh it doesn't fit the story ignore it and it's like, okay. Like, it's like me DMing. Like, I'm real garbage, and I will admit that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's what this feels like. It just feels like a half-assed story that's being told on the spot, and I just, I don't, I don't understand. I don't get it. <sighs> Sorry. I know that this is, like, what, hour nine no. of us no, repeating this fine. exact same thing. It's fine. We have to say it at least once an episode. You want to talk about quiet right, again? I I being quota. in a bikini is gross. Let's I do it right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, put so, her in a power suit, goddammit. Put her in a power. Put her in a power suit. Get her in that power armor. You have a settlement <laughs> that needs your help. <laughs> um, the next mission is um, real quick. I, I want to put this out there. I really oh. hope that in Death Stranding, they're like Norman Reedus as a special virus. He has to breathe out of his penis. Yes. We gotta keep that dick out at all times. Is that not how you breathe? <laughs> and Kojima's like, oh no, it'll make sense in the narrative. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So you see these penis parasites. <laughs> um, oh God, I just thought about you. Ugh. Remember, like you, you know that like fucking uh, parasite in the Amazon that like swims up your pee stream and like mm. makes your penis burn, right? Uh, don't you talk heard about to that me thing? About that. You heard about that? Hey, everybody listening with a penis, imagine a catheter. Yeah. Imagine a catheter. Imagine you're <laughs> pissing into the river in the Amazon, and some type of weird squiggly creature swims up your, your pee stream <laughs> and enters your urethra. Some kind and of just weird makes, squiggly and just creature. Weird squiggly creature and just makes your penis burn like it's never burned before. Like you want to rip off your own dick. That's, <laughs> that's a creature that exists in the world. And if you didn't know about it, you're welcome. Now you do. And now you have to worry about that every time you urinate in a something that has water in it. Oh, it'd be which real is, bad if somebody went into an office building and just sprinkled those in all the urinals. Oh, man. Woo. That's that's a that's a skull faces actual plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, I've been breeding these sea monkeys that swim up urethras for centuries. <laughs> God, sea monkeys, <laughs> urethra monkeys. Jesus Christ! All right, Jesus anyway, Christ. and it can happen to women too. Just so you know. Thank you. Hashtag me. It's too. just not as it's just not as common. Hashtag me too. Gross. I don't, like I don't like using that to do to talk about this. So we're going to talk about episode thirty-eight, extraordinary, like those parasites. Um, the the job here is to find a film canister that has data on Skullface's plan um, at Spookamay Keep. Um, yeah, they're just keeping film canisters around. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so you go in. There's lots of heavily armed dudes there looking for it as well. Um, there are there's a picture that's kind of scrambled, and if you wait long enough, you um, you it'll reveal itself and it'll kind of tell you exactly where it is. You just have to kind of find the position of it. Um, and yeah, I was just like, fuck it, I just killed everybody. Word, like knocked it, like tranked everybody. But I was just like, I don't even care about alerts, and so I just did it. Dope. And uh, yeah, grab the grab the canister and ran for it. Yeah, a lot of the um, uh, a lot of reuse of environments happening as well. Mm-hmm. This whole back lots of lots of lots of lots of. Um, you find the report is we discussed it a little bit. The report's actually about Psycho Manus, Baby Manus, um, and all the experiments that were done on him in Russia, and um, how this he is affects, when we uh, this is when he gets a name right. Uh, yeah, Treddy Rabinok, which is the third child. Um, Dope. Wish you would have talked about any of that in MGS1. Yeah, for real. But they didn't know about it then. Again, really weird flex here to be like, we could introduce new characters, but that would require thinking. So let's just bring <laughs> in all the oldies. Bring here's them all what, in. Here's what I do, because I want to sprinkle, you know, we this this entire podcast has kind of been a little bit of a shit sandwich um yeah well in our dynamic now since we're down a couple people is like alessio has to play a character where he's really crotchety Mm -hmm. and when people dm him and email him he gets to be very positive a character i know i'm totally teasing (laughs) um (laughs) guys this Um, is like wrestling me and sam are just like fucking yeah, I'm actually the a heel. huge Kojima fanboy. Like, I'm wearing a Kojima yeah. production shirt right now, and it's not even with the yeah. logo. It's just straight up. And I've never Kojima played a Metal Gear in my fucking life. That's acting. <laughs> <laughs> you should try going to Carl Sagan's school for acting. 
it's $50 <laughs> a day. It'll teach you how to do all the things that we do on this show. That's fantastic. Um, uh, so what I will say about this is that I like the fact that it is Psycho Manus, and I like that he's establishing this connection with Eli, because it does kind of lead into Metal Gear Solid 1 and explains how Psycho Mantis winds up with Liquid Snake. Who so did I like all that. those years in between, though? Exactly. And also, that was, can, we, can he not be wearing his same outfit but miniature? Because, mm. like, I'm going to be real with you guys. Like, I kind of feel like it would make more sense for him to own more than one outfit in his mm-hmm. lifetime. Mm-hmm. Even Eli got new threads. Like, come on. He did. I, um... I can understand the gas mask to an extent because he talks about how he wore it to block out like the people's thoughts. Yeah. After he murdered everybody. After he murdered his entire village and his father. Yeah. Um, kind of fucked up. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, but yeah, he's, he, he essentially grew into the thing he was wearing in five and one. (laughs) Yeah. They, they, they suited him with an outfit that grew with him. They're like, this will grow with you forever. (laughs) Uh, can I just say I had a heart palpitation while playing this game, and it's like I cleared an outpost, and it was like you unlocked Drebin, codename Drebin, and I was like, ah, oh, fuck, he's in this game. What? Yeah, you get, you know, how you get like the different uh, codename pieces for your emblems or whatever. Yeah, it was like you unlocked the Drebin emblem part or something, oh, oh, and I was good. just like, God damn it, like please, Jesus, please. Um, but yeah, so. It's okay. Um, I'm being crotchety, but yeah. everybody everybody knows why. It's, it's fine. Well, we had discussed we had discussed in um, one of our let's plays that um, we have on Patreon um, that they could do an entire like three four game series just about Liquid and Psychomanus. It would be fun to play as the bad guys. I think it would be, and I think it would be good to play one to play as the bad guys and two. To get more backstory on Decoy Octopus and Vulcan Raven and Sniper Wolf. And and you know what I want? I, I want Decoy Octopus to be voiced by uh, Patrick Warburton. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, Liquid. What am I doing here? You know, taking his blood. It'd be great. I took all his blood, <laughs> put it in my veins. <laughs> what are you doing? Your fucking imp- that impression kills I love me. Every it. Fucking- it makes me. It feels good to do. It's one of those impressions where, like, when I get done with it, my throat doesn't hurt. I just feel like more of a man. Yeah. What is like? What do you do to your like? What do you do to make that happen? I don't like. I kind of tighten my jaw, and I kind of have to like lean into the back of my throat a little bit. Uh, hey. Hey. It's kind of like mid yawn. It feels like I'm partially yawning the whole time. Hey, <laughs> hey, Sam. I feel like I'm doing I'm doing what you said. And I feel like I'm choking on peanut butter. Yeah, the, what you guys are gonna hear is me killing a man over a podcast. I'm talking <laughs> Sam into swallowing his own tongue. <laughs> oh no. I was, that was literally that was legitimately me trying to do it. I can't do Patrick. Warburton. Yeah, we'll, we'll 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 work on it. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. I'll get a vocal coach. Um, but yeah. So after uh, episode thirty-eight, you've got um, important quote important side ops one forty-five through one forty-nine, um, which uh, you have to search just, for the escape it's just children. The, it's, it's just the Zadornov thing again. It's literally the Zadornov blah blah pinch with the sham blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> it's the Zadornov thing without the red hand to give him away, which is yes, really irritating because exactly. these kids are short 
and they hide, and it's really <laughs> irritating. But yeah, literally. So after this accident that killed, there, there's there's uh, one of their friends got killed. His name is Ralph because of Lord of the Flies references. Oh, uh, I enough. didn't even pick up on that the first time. I'm yeah. I'm sorry. My brain yeah. must have been turned off. I'm sorry. Yeah, but they started acting weird after Ralph died, and of course it's Eli's fault. It's have you seen? Um, I think that film came out in the seventies. The original one, the famous one. I haven't seen it. I've read it, obviously, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, dude, the movie. I remember watching the movie as a young child, and it scarred me. Um, oh no, it came out in nineteen ninety. Oh, oh wow, no, is that right? Yeah, that's the one I saw. It was the nineteen ninety one, I think. Um, that movie is terrifying, y'all. Like I can imagine. Yeah, it's um. You just literally watch some kids turn into fucking crazy people. And I remember I watched it as a young man. I want to say I was preteen probably. Um, And I like wept for the fucked up shit that these kids did. And then at the end when the adults show up, they just like completely shut down. It's real disturbing. Like I know that we crack a lot of jokes on this show, but like it's just it's intense. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um. But yeah, so after this whole thing with Ralph happens, the um, the kids start acting really weird um, and like trying to escape and hiding on helicopters and stuff to get out of Mother Base. Um, and as you rescue each one of them, um, you uh, you get tapes kind of like unraveling the the plot a little bit more and how Eli's a piece of shit um, and that he expresses that if you keep on bringing the children back, there will be consequences. Um. So yeah, so 145 through 149, um, the first boy is at the oil field, the second boy is at the mansion where you rescued Kotaker, um, the third boy is um, at the Abe Shibak ruins. Huh? Yeah, the third boy, the uh, Trady Rebinok, is at the um, Abe Shibak ruins, which this was my favorite one, because there are no guards, but there are two bears. Um, Dude, those fucking bears. Me and the bears, man. I have been killed by so many bears in this game. Yeah. I alluded to this a couple episodes ago, but yeah. So you show up and there are just two bears wandering around. And what I wound up doing, I didn't realize what was happening. And I wound up running into the bears. And then I ran around the tower where the boy was because I had Dee, Dee with me. And then I realized that you can climb up the tower. So I climbed up the tower. I extracted the boy. And then I just kind of sniped the, the bears from the top of the tower. Jesus. It was good um, shit. I really wish the boy would have been riding the bears. Just that would have been that dope. <laughs> the boy on the bear. Yeah, I just want to put that out there. <laughs> Boss, is that boy riding the bear? You're going <laughs> to need to take that boy. little sucker out. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I really wish that Troy Baker would have done like a fucking rootin' tootin' cowboy voice for Ocelot <laughs> in this game. You're going to need to take that bear wrangler out, boss. Just like... <laughs> that's a good looking bear might have to keep this boy oh my god it just reminds me of the uh, <laughs> mission where you fight the bear in Red Dead 2 uh, mm. that is the one part of Red Dead that Kristen watched me play and then when it ended with me skinning the bear she was like this game's fucking disgusting <laughs> <laughs> she's like is that a nude skinless bear I was like yes <laughs> a nude bear yeah, and he could you nude could, tame? Could you generate an image of a nude bear? Nude bear. Oh god, I, my favorite part of that entire skit. If you guys haven't seen it, please look up. Uh, is it uh, what is it's, it? Salad man or something? I can't remember. It's it's called? Called? Just if you go on YouTube and look celery up man. nude celery tame, man. Yeah, it's celery, celery man. man. 
Yeah, the the moment where Paul Rudd looks at the nude printout and then immediately like <laughs> recoils in disgust and says "fuck" kills me. <laughs> and he's like, mm, "I'm all right. I'm all right. Yep, I'm good." <laughs> um, sir, your wife is calling. Uh, could you? Uh, <laughs> what is it? He's like, "Don't take the call." We've got serious. Yeah, like, yeah, you really need to look it up. It's like, it, I, it's, is it called Celery Man? Yeah, it's Celery Man. I think it was a Funnier Die sketch. I know it gets uh, every once in a while, like it's like falsely attributed to Tim and Eric. I think it's from Funnier Die. It's very much a. It's very much a Tim and Eric like style. Yeah, skit. Um, but yeah, it's called uh, it's called Celery Man. If you type in Celery Man, the first result is Tim and Eric Celery Man. But that's oh, the it video, is Tim and Eric so. then. Yeah, my bad, I fucked up. It is from Tim and Eric. Whoops. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. So watch that video. It's so funny. Um, yeah. If you guys yeah, haven't so anyway, seen it already, so, like Sweet Jesus, like spoilers for like a ten year old meme, but it's so fucking funny. Um, but yeah. So the fourth boy is at Lamarcate Palace, which is Kendrick Lamar Palace. Um, <laughs> uh, this was peak Sam doesn't give a shit, and I, I just killed everybody. Um, and the fifth boy is at Dasmase Laman. Um, and there's no guards here. It's just a bunch of, like, skull puppet guards. And there's no skulls around, but there's, for some reason, just a bunch of puppet guards here. So, whatever. Whatever. Um, Mal- Copy-paste. Fuck it. We got him. Copy-paste. Fuck it. Um, it's like Westworld. Uh, They're like, we got him in the cellar and the downstairs. We got like 300 naked androids. Let's just fucking scatter them to the wind. I don't care. Put people here. Yep. Sam, I got a question. Um, what do you think, um, just to lean into our roots as like uh, inquisitive, theorizing Metal Gear fans uh-huh. that occasionally get real stupid poo-poo humor, but mostly uh-huh. want to ask serious questions. Uh-huh. What do you think this game's trying to say about child soldiers? Like, what what does the inclusion of child soldiers really have anything to do with the serious repercussions of what this game's talking about? Like, they do you, uh, here's do you my take here's it my seriously at all in any way. This is my honest opinion. Um, I don't think they dig into it enough for it to matter. They took out the cutscenes. There was like a whole cutscene in one of the trailers of like dudes training these kids and being yeah. like k- kind of shitty to them. And they just cut it completely. Yeah. And I feel like Kojima was really talking about how they were going to talk about some taboo shit and that it was going to get mm-hmm. intense. And it's like well, the it was most like- taboo fucked up thing was the sexual assault in Ground Zeroes and then they never touched anything. Which, and, like, the whole thing of it is, it's just, like, we had talked about it in another episode that, another previous episode, but it's just, like, this game tries to do so many different story threads, and it just doesn't tie any of them up properly. So, when I, when I, and, like, anything that could have been, they cut. So, it's just, like, I, I struggle, oh, excuse me, God, I struggle to, um, I struggle to, like, buy into the take that the game was finished and shipped as intended because it just can't have been. Yeah. It feels like, again, it feels like there are a lot of really, really interesting ideas. It feels like go see our Patriot club episode on us. Yeah. We, you, you, you referenced that last episode too. It's just like, yeah, it's, it's again, it just feels like there's, it feels like there's lots of elements and they're all good ideas on paper, but you try to do too much and it just doesn't work. Um, if if they could have linked skull face to like abducting and training kids, I think it could have been, cooler 
like not cool like coolers fucked up because like it's not cool to do bad things to kids but i think if the goal was to make us truly hate Skullface, why not just pin all this fucked up shit on him yeah you know what i mean unless you're trying to make some big commentary about how war ruins people even at a young age and fucks with them but like you're not even talking about the real political like if i was from this uh, okay if i was from africa a country ravaged by civil war and like fucked up stuff, I would be offended at the portrayal in this game with how surface level and vapid it is. Mm-hmm. It's just like, dude, if you're gonna even touch that content, you better be prepared to say something about it or mm-hmm. take a, or take a stance. And it just doesn't. It doesn't say anything. That's the problem. It's yeah, doing it, it for the it, sake of it. It doesn't even do the fucked up, like, kind of mean-spirited South Park thing where it's like, hey, hardcore people on this side and hardcore people on the other side, they're both dumb. Like, I think that's a really kind of dumb thing that South Park does where it's like, everyone's fucked up. Like, okay, like, GTA does the same thing. Like, everybody's fucked up. That doesn't add anything to the conversation, but at least they take a stance. This game doesn't even fucking take a stance. Like, it's just like... Yeah. Here's a thing. Bye. Yeah, exactly. So it's so so that's my answer. It's just like it I it doesn't do enough with it for me to really have an opinion on whether or not it's just kind of like there. Yeah, it's weird. And then you've got this like white British boy king of the kids manipulating mm-hmm. all these black kids that are impoverished and it's like I just like there, there's almost something to say there, but then they didn't even yeah. do it. Yeah. And, like, you could have easily had e- the Eli subplot without including the other kids at all. Or tie like some... Eli to Skullface. They didn't even fucking yeah, attach exactly. the two like, things. They're two they're separate so, games. There's, there's so many easy ways to get Eli into the story the way you want him to be in the story. And it's and you don't, like, it's just, it's just nonsensical. It's nonsensical. Dude, just give me a cutscene of Skullface, like, giving Eli a fucking bag of like gold coins or something and just be like Skullface is rewarding this piece of shit kid for keeping all these other kids and like dude you could use Eli as this weird um, Pied Piper where like maybe he's going to villages and recruiting children and then getting them to do fucked up stuff like in on behalf of Skullface that would also explain how Eli fucking knows that that Big Boss is his dad like where the fuck is this 10 year old gonna get that information from how Skull did he face. even get here? How the fuck yeah. did he even get here in the first place? Exactly. So it's just like it's just a bunch of it's just like there are so many questions about it and it could have been it could have been very easily made incredible and they just didn't do any of it. And yeah. they just decided to do a half assed like message, you know what I mean? Right. Just stick six people in a fucking room for two weeks, have them come up with ways to connect all this shit, and then like stick the plot ideas into the game like what do you do literally literally all you need to do is just take your main po- your main points and just put like fu- and just do like fucking conspiracy theory threads in between each point and just like here's where this connects and here's where they like connect it do it do you, make it make it important connect it let me so i want i do so to play devil's advocate let me throw this out there do you think uh-huh. that there was some greater intention that we are not seeing or that we're not or that we're choosing not to consider? I don't think that I don't think so. I here's here's my here's my here's my other honest answer is that I think that there was a greater intention. It just didn't get finished. I mean, that's, to me, that is literally the only explanation for how haphazardly put together this stuff is. 
Mm-hmm. It's just like I, I, like I refuse. Like I got a lot of respect for like people like Nitroid and some and other people who had this take, but it's just like it. This game was not finished. Like mm-hmm. the controversy prevented it from being legitimately finished in a way that is is to be satisfactory. Yeah, and I mean, if the goal was for it to feel unsatisfactory, like even if that was the goal. You still end up with an unsatisfactory game. So, like, what the fuck is the point? Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're, like, I don't know. Like, if you, if you, hey, Sam, come try this cake. Oh, this tastes like shit. Perfect. I wanted it to taste like shit. Like, it's like, what? Like, yeah. why? Like, who does that help? Like, who's that for? Yeah, which, or, or, or the exact same, the exact same thing. It's like, here, Sam, try this cake. Oh, it tastes like shit. It's like, oh, sorry, I didn't have enough time to make it properly. Sorry, like, I put way, salt ge- instead of sugar. My yeah, bad. You're getting the same result. It's just like one of them is intentional and one of them is like because you were rushed through it and the controversy and all the stuff with Kojima, um, points in that direction. So it's just, it. Yeah, it's I like think, if you're a five star chef. There's a lot if, of like, if you're if you're if you're uh, Gordon Ramsay and you fuck mm-hmm. up a meal, people mm-hmm. are gonna say, "Wait a minute, he didn't fuck that meal up. He w- intended to fuck it up on purpose mm-hmm. so that to- we could learn a lesson." And it's like, yeah. no, Gordon Ramsay just sometimes fucks up a meal, you guys. Yeah, and it's okay to admit that. Yeah, but and I just I, I don't it's know. Just, it's very weird. The whole yeah. thing. So, I think so. It, yeah. Yeah, so the answer is yes, I think there was a bigger message. I just don't think it made it into the fucking game. Mm-hmm. So Nice. Well cool. I, I'm message. glad that we, I'm glad that we camped out and talked about some of that stuff because I think it, we we and we've got plenty to talk about on the back half, but I think yeah. I just wanted to make sure that we uh, uh pleased the longtime listeners and finally had a good old fashioned conundrum in the middle of an episode. <laughs> We haven't had a good conundrum here in a while on Metal Gear Mondays, and I just wanted to... This episode's brought to you by the letter C. Conundrum. <laughs> Can you explain to me how you do that voice? What are you, what are you doing with your mouth and your head? Um, so it's kind of like... Um, have you ever, like, like held your breath and like make, gave yourself a headache by, like, shaking? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like halfway to that point without actually hurting yourself. <laughs> That's pretty great. Okay, so it's on. like it's like you mean something kind of like this, Sam? A little bit like that, yeah, kind of like I, that. I gotta just like throw it out of the back of my throat. My wife is probably fucking <laughs> swearing in the other room right now. She's like what trying the to sleep. What's going on? She's like, is so, he yeah, trying so to do a like, Cletus at ten forty one in the afternoon? It's kind, the yeah. The the best way I can explain how to do it is like it's kind of like you're trying to stick the back of your tongue to the roof of your mouth. Nice. So, yeah, I think it'll be good. So it's kind of like this. You just kind of gotta pretend. <laughs> You gotta kind of do it like this. I really wish that Ocelot sounded like that in this game. <laughs> Let the legend come to life. <laughs> Go, big boss. It's no use. She could be a spy. Or me. Or you. We're all spies here. I'm Revolver Ocelot. Some call me Shallow Shaska. I'm real good at shooting guns. Look at this little puppy. He'll be a good soldier and someday when he's bigger. Oh my god, I don't think I've lost my shit on this on this show in a long time. The rifling. This uh, the decoration serves no purpose. 
It serves no purpose. But you got some good shooting, kid. Boss, you should come to the base. The men miss you. You just saying boss and that voice cracks me up. <laughs> boss! <laughs> boss! <laughs> There's like a sadness to it, kind of. It's like when you say it, it's like, man, boss hasn't looked at in your direction in quite a while. Boss, I miss you. I haven't seen your face in so long. Boss! Boss! Oh my god. No! That is not the Whopper! (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Oh, should I just do the rest of the episode with that voice? No, please don't. I don't think my lungs could handle it. Oh, my God. Holy shit. That was Uh, therapeutic. Thanks, Sam. My face hurts from smiling. Um, so episode episode forty one happens after you bring all the boys back. Um, and episode forty one is proxy war without end. Um, you have to eliminate a bunch of armed vehicles. Um, it was pretty easy for me. Um, because you just run you just run around behind APCs and shit and folded them. And um, dude, you said that shit like Napoleon Dynamite when he's talking about his bow staff. Yeah, like it was pretty just like, easy. You know, yeah, it's pretty easy. Yeah, pretty easy for me. Uh, I just Fulton the APCs and then blew up the helicopter <laughs> like a rocket launcher. Um, um, but it's essentially like, there's no story like ties for this one either, but it's mostly a buffer mission between the last side up where you rescue the fifth boy and the, the events at, at like that come as a result of that. Um, because when you get back from this mission, um, you find out that Eli's been fucking planning an armed uprising on Mother Base, and you have to go back to Mother Base ASAP. Um, and so Snake comes back to um, Mother Base and is watching Eli through the window of the uh, interrogation room. And um, Eli demands to see Snake, and Ocelot lies and says that he's not here. Um, and... Um, uh, Eli says that the kids all wanted to go home because they all had somebody that they wanted to kill. And as he says this, the base kind of starts to shake a little bit. Um, and Eli goes, uh, that they, that he told them that there would be consequences. And then the fucking walls of room one one explode. And Eli kicks back from the table. And, um, uh, you realize that Mantis has helped Eli, which all this foreshadowing, of course you knew something was going to happen with it. Um, helps Eli steal Sally. Um, uh, jumps in the cockpit of uh, uh, Sally and then yells at Big Boss, says, Goodbye, Father, I don't need you anymore. And then um, the kids steal the helicopter and um, my cool decorated helicopter and they leave. Um, and then 
after they leave, Kaz thinks that Eli orchestrated Ralph's death to stir up the kids and um, had probably been planning this all along. Um, and then after this mission, um, you find out two things. One is that um, that there is a 0% chance that... Um, that uh, Eli and Big Boss are blood related, which is very suspicious because we know we fucking know who Eli is. Um, and two, it is revealed that um, uh, Huey told the kids how to repair Sally because he um, because he he claims that they were just curious about it. Um, and it also turns out that Huey lied about never seeing how. And it turns out that he used Hal to as a test pilot inside of Sally. Um, and uh, Ocelot calls him a perpetrator and a petty hypocrite. Um, and, wow. Uh, Big yeah. words for such a young man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so a lot of shit happens. So the kids uh, leave with a helicopter and uh, a Silanthropus. And Huey's a piece of shit. And, and then uh, we get the most depressing mission in the entire game. Yeah, episode forty three, shining lights, even in death. Um, this hold on, I just fucked, I need a dude. I need a yeah, it's pretty fucked, and I'm glad it's here because I definitely need to expunge your your let the legend ride voice. Oh, <laughs> maybe if I talk about this mission with this voice, it no. won't be so no, bad. Boss, no. let me see if I can do this. Um, I'm gonna do one more. <clears throat> One more uh, 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 impression for for this okay. episode number. So let me try it. Let me try it. <clears throat> Shining lights, even in death. Oh, is that meatwide? Hey, man, what's it really doing? <laughs> Come on, man, take the meat breads. <laughs> Come on, buddy. Come on, little friend. What's going on? What's little, going on? Little friend, what are you doing? Come on. <laughs> oh, my God. Not in the so- eyes of the church. Sorry. <clears throat> so, one fun fact about that voice that I was doing, by the way. Is it like a step if you away lower, from Meatwad? No, if you lower the pitch of it, it's Ray Romano. Oh, I could do a Ray Debra! Romano. Yeah, Debra! I can definitely do that. Okay. Debra! So pitch up Ray Romano. Okay. Yeah. Like that. Okay, it's yeah, me, so it's... Ray! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, very serious mission, Shining Lights Even in Death. Um... Oh, and there's a very um, good there's a very good video about this. I believe I, I, there's a chance it might not be, but I believe it's Python Selkin. Again, please look at the show notes on the website. Eventually, uh, there's a really good uh, in depth video explaining that there's like weird audio discrepancies in the background, and there are snippets of the sound in, in the final cutscene of this mission um, that sort of allude to there being some weirder shit going on here. Um, the theory is way cooler than what we actually get here. Um, mm-hmm. But it does give you a little bit of insight into maybe how the parasites work or potentially even raising the question, are the parasites affecting Venom Snake in a weird way? Um, so anyway, I would, uh, urge everybody to go check that out if you have yet to, but, uh, but yeah, interesting mission. Um, but yeah, so you get a call that another vocal cord parasite, vocal cord, vocal cord parasite Mm -hmm. has broken out of mother base and, um, Stan's got to figure out what happened because I guess now these guys are zombies, which is cool. Um, 
and the Wolbachia don't have an effect on them, and that a new strain may have been brought to Mother Base by a potential spy. Ugh. Um, but yeah, so a snake approaches, you land on the, the medical platform, and as he approaches the entrance, um, you hear a, a transmission that says, it all makes sense now, I win, which is very weird. And Snake has to find this guy. Um, and uh, Snake mentions that as he's entering with his uh, with his mask, he can smell something that smells like ripe fruit. Um, and Kaz mentions that the men that got sent in to investigate um, reported similar smells. Um, um, so yeah, you kind of make your way up to the top of the building, the platform, um, and you're just walking past a bunch of like crazy sick people, and it's very eerie and very creepy. Um, and it gets creepier. And it, yeah, it just keeps on getting creepier. Um, and as you proceed, um, uh, you discover that some data was faxed out. And um, <laughs> yeah, that's that this, a weird, it's a weird thing to hear about. Yeah. Um, and that this may be a mutation of the virus because even those who barely spoke became symptomatic, which is not normal. Um, but yeah. So, uh, Snake enters this room where um, the transmission came from, and there's a scientist kind of sitting on the ground um, with some kind of visor on, um, and says that um, that he he says, "I win. I'm no snail," um, and dies before he can tell Snake anything. Yeah, that's kind of like some spoopy Junji Ito shit. Mm Hmm. Um. But yeah, he was the one who sent the transmission. Um. And Coach Tucker goes, snail makes sense, and that snake can't let anyone go outside, and that the parasite drives them to go outside so they can, um, um, drives them to go outside because the parasite wants to get eaten by birds so it can spread, and, um, just as, um, you figure out that you can't let people outside, a loud sound, uh, happens behind him, and the door's kicked open by a bunch of infected soldiers that snake has to kill, and, um, this whole cutscene's happening, and they're, like, pushing past him, and they get outside, and then a fucking missile's dropping on them, drops on them, and uh, burns them alive, so the inspection can't, infection can't spread. Um, but yeah, it's fucking, uh... Yeah, it's hyper-fucked up, and that's also yeah. where the iconic, um, <clears throat> that's where the iconic hallway scene yeah. from the trailers comes from. Yeah. Um... But yeah, so you have to use this visor that the scientists had, and you have to pretty much kill everyone. There's, like, no, like, I thought, like, you use the visor to kill anyone with a green glow, and I thought maybe that some of them wouldn't have the green glow. No, everybody has the glow. You have to kill everybody. Um, so you have to essentially retrace your steps down the stairs and kill everybody, and each time you do, your hero, your heroes, your, wow, why can't I say words? Your heroism decreases, mm. um, and, uh... Um, the entire time Huey's yelling at, yelling at you about how you're killing your own men and, um, it's your fault and trying to make you feel bad. And, um, I was just like, why is he even on feed right now? Cut him. But whatever. <laughs> um, or is he on feed? Oh, oh, Boom. oh yeah. Boom. Boom. Is he really, uh, is it all hallucination? <laughs> At some point, um, we do need to talk about the big theory, by the way, for this game. Uh, the Well, and so needless to say, too, if we did fuck up and it's not a Python Selkin theory, just know it's because uh, a lot of the Python Selkin videos are legitimately three hours long. 
yeah, or like two hours long. But like, I do want to at some point uh, talk about how uh, the huge Python Selkin theory and kind of what got them on the map was the theorizing around the truth, quote unquote, to this game. So when we get to that, we should definitely talk about what that theory is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's another scene in here where you have to go down a little bit further than you than the floor that you were on, and um, a bunch of guys are in this room um, uh, arguing about whether or not they should go outside, and you walk in, and they're just like, boss will decide, and they salute him, and they're clearly like out of yeah, it, and they salute him, God. and you have to it's fucking so gun them down. Um, but yeah, and then there was, um, and then you pick up another guy that's on the floor who is not infected and he's, he winds up becoming infected as you're leaving and you have to kill him too. Um, so it's, it's fucking, it's a good time for everybody. Yeah, it's great. Um, it's fucking intense. It's, yeah, you it's, guys go get burgers afterwards. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's cute. And then you listen to the, uh, Miller's maxi buns tape just to make yourself feel good. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, uh, it sucks and it's, uh, it pulls at you. Yeah. It's probably the and best, I, I would say it's one of the more af- emotionally affecting missions in the whole game. Yeah, I agree. And now imagine how much more affecting it would be if the story made any fucking sense. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which is to Whoa. say that this, this mission does a great job of being emotionally affecting despite itself. Um, so good job guys for doing that. Um, hey. but, uh, but after this all happens, um, the, uh, if you listen to last week and the skit at the top of the episode, it happens just like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, which we did it at the top of last week's episode because we thought that we were going to talk about this in last week's episode and we called an audible. So whatever, um, audible.com. Sorry. Oh no, not yet. We'll get there. Um, but yeah, so they burn all the dead, and um, uh, Kaz tries to reassure Snake that there's nothing they could have done, and Huey's a little asshole and blames Snake for everything. And Which, that whole thing's super weird, too, because the trailers make you believe that all of those men are dead because of something Skullface did, and I guess they technically are. Yeah. Um, and I guess that might be what they're alluding to whenever it's the whole, like, oh my god, Venom is like just like Skullface. Mm-hmm. Um, but it feels weird that all of this shit is happening kind of after the climax yeah. of the game. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so snake does a thing where he takes the ashes and says, I won't scatter your sorrow to the heartless sea. Jeremy and... Blaustein laughs about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> laughs in Jeremy Blaustein. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then puts the ashes on his face for some reason and then decides that he's trying to be creative. Yeah, I guess. Um, and then says that they're going to turn the ashes into diamonds and take them into battle with them. Um, and cause cause says that they're going to be the shining lights, even in death and that they are all diamond dogs. Oh man. I really wish they would have just started playing shine on you. Crazy diamond by pink Floyd. That would have been cool. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so after this happens, so a lot of stuff. So this is the, um, we're on our, we're on the home stretch here. Yeah, we're on the home stretch. So this is the second to last story mission. Um, um, after, and so really, a lot of stuff goes yeah, down here. And, and I think all of this to say that I still think that Huey's characterization in this game makes no sense. 
Oh yeah, whatsoever. Um, and I think they missed the mark quite a bit on what they were trying to do here. Because um, I don't, I don't buy like I. Let me just put it this way: when his story comes to an end, which Sam is about to jump into, um, I truly believe that um, I was completely confused by why he was being sent away mm-hmm. and uh, did not quite understand whether or not it was true. Like it felt like we were crazy people mm-hmm. that convinced ourselves that he should leave when it, it doesn't feel like that's the actual story at all. Right. And it feels like the only reason why he was sent away in the first place was because there's like, Oh, I forgot we have to get him out of here so he can have Emma. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Like, we can't kill this boy. Put him on a raft. Yeah. So, we should probably talk about it, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, after this all goes down, essentially, um, essentially, uh, the reason why these parasites mutated is because there was some outside interference with some radiation. Um, uh, um, and the researchers were using x-rays to monitor the parasites regularly since even though they can't, uh, reproduce, they don't, they don't leave the body. Um, and the they equipment, need the warmth. Yeah. They need the warmth. Um, uh, but the equipment was also emitting beta rays, even though beta rays aren't necessary and that a beta ray emitter was added to trigger a mutation. um, and because it was rep- retrofitted onto the machine, the shielding wasn't adequate to cause the rays to leak. And the order for the beta ray ad- addition was came from Huey, and Huey's just uh, ad- adamant that it wasn't him, and he thinks it's ridiculous. Um, and Ocelot thinks that maybe he did it in order to find a way to treat the parasite without the Wolbachia, and that if he um, if he managed that, that they might welcome him back. But that, and then Cosgo's that they know Huey's been in contact with, um, with DARPA, um, essentially a biotech company connected to DARPA, which is in turn connected to Cypher, um, and that, uh, Huey made them a deal to offer a new parasite in exchange for his own safety. Um, do you think the, do you think that the intentional us never seeing, so hold on, creative decision was made. Yes. The creative decision that was made was was one to never show us any other side of the story except for our mm-hmm. own. Yes. In the past, no Metal Gear game has necessarily done that to this extent. Mm-hmm. Typically, we are given extraneous monologues. We are given mm-hmm. adjacent facts. We are given mm-hmm. perspectives that are not our own. Mm-hmm. This game chooses... And I'm being very deliberate when I say that they choose to do this. They choose mm-hmm. to not give us anyone else's opinion or perspective ever. Mm-hmm. We get no cutscenes from, meanwhile, at Cypher. Uh, we don't get any sort of uh, cutscenes of like just Huey on the phone with mm-hmm. somebody. Um, we never leave the player character perspective, I mm-hmm. would say. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think we ever do, do we? We're always, no, so. we're always behind the shoulder all the time i guess technically the only time is if like you choose to play a mission as one of the mother base members but that doesn't really count yeah when even if you do that i think um the message that kind of sends is that like uh anybody could be this person which is kind of part of the main main theming but um I, i say all of that just to illustrate a point that like maybe there is something headier going on or at least the seeds of something headier which is Mm -hmm. like Left to your own 
weird conspiratorial psychotic revenge insanity devices in your own little echo chamber um it becomes very easy to see things um skewed right yeah um but the game doesn't really do anything with that right like it establishes that we're seeing things from potentially an unreliable perspective um Mm -hmm. But they don't do that to show you anything interesting or right. to, at the end, kind of tip their hand and be like, oh, man, look at this. Um, especially considering based on what we learned in episode 46 coming up, um, it never really tells you to reconsider. Like, I guess what I'm asking for is the thing I was complaining about with us, which is like maybe having another character explain their perspective would have made me realize just how skewed our perspective is in this game. Yeah. But they don't really do that. And so that's why it makes it really difficult for me to believe that Huey is this fucking conniving weasel. Like crazy monster, yeah. When it's even hard for me to believe that Cypher fucking matters. Because this game goes to great lengths to never even really ever truly solidify anything is happening. Yeah. Like, it's all hearsay. It's all secondhand yeah. knowledge. Um, yeah. And I think it cheapens it. I don't think it, I don't think it, I don't think it, 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 it adds to some sort of great epiphany. I think it just kind of makes the production value feel mismanaged. Yeah. So, yeah, I and I, and I think that might be the most articulate opinion I've ever produced for this game. So I'm going <laughs> to put a flag in that. That's I'll All stand right. by that. Congratulations. You did it. Yeah. I don't know. It just feels really <laughs> weird to me. Like, I feel like we don't get the ocelot on the phone with the president like we did in previous games. You know right. what I mean? Um, and I think more moments like that maybe would have shown the brilliance of what's going on. If there is something brilliant going on. Um. Yeah. And maybe that's what Terry meant when he said this feels like MGS2 with the training wheels off. Yeah. Um, but then that just leaves us speculating in a fucking in the dark. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that. And that's not fun. Like there's no there's no there's no evidence to, to discover. It's just pointless fucking theorizing until we die. Yep. So. Cool. Self-righteousness. Yay. Yay. So Good after thing. all this happens, um. Um, so yeah, so he's, uh, in contact with DARPA, um, uh, allegedly, allegedly. And cause says that, um, don't think you're leaving here alive, essentially. Um, after you do a Pre- couple press R1 of, uh, to see flashbacks of Emma, <laughs> <laughs> um, after you do a couple, I, I did a couple side ops here. Um, you'll eventually get a call from Ocelot and you have a tape, um, of Huey's interrogation and cause plans to put Huey on trial. And you can hear a very loud, angry mob calling for his blood, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and Huey yells at them about having no evidence and calls them a bunch of psychopaths. Um, and cause says that there will be no lynch mob because they base their decisions on order and reason. And then, uh, Huey's and just he's like, more of a D, he's more of a D 12 fan than a lynch mob fan. <laughs> Um, should yeah. we, uh, I really, I really wish that wow. this game didn't take place what? in 1984. Hold on, sorry, 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 sorry. I, 
I need, yeah, I need to go back and like really appreciate that reference because it's very, it was very good. Um, <laughs> uh, I think uh, it sucks that this game takes place in 1984 and not 2014 because I would love a Let's Play YouTube channel called Cosplays. <laughs> we can do it. Still, that's true. We just got to get a, uh, we just got to get our boy out here. Yeah, dude. Um, but yeah, so, uh, he was just like, you guys are fucking crazy. Look at Dee Dee. He's a, he's a wolf. And you guys are pretending that he's a wild dog because that's all they are. And it's just like, they cling to Ooh. dogs and wolves and big boss to prove they deserve to be alive. And says that every one of them is alone. And that's why they suspect their own is like, like conniving against them. Um, and says that he's alone too, and he's one of them, and then says what they're doing is murder, and that all they can do is create war, and that what they do can never lead to peace. Is um, Huey supposed to be sympathetic, and are we supposed to realize that this is Big Boss becoming a villain? Um, Potentially, but they do, like I said, they do it I was, so bad. I was, I was won over by Huey's argument here. I was like, you're right, these guys are fucking lunatics. Yeah. Well, that's like one of those things is like, I knew that was happening before. I was just so annoyed by him previously that I was just like, yeah, I don't give a shit though. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Cause don't, it's, it's don't one of those things. Annoy, yeah. Don't annoy us with the character that's supposed to be the sympathetic the one. If that, reason. if that was the intention, but at the same time, like at what point do we throw out intentionality and actually just talk about what's actually here? Exactly. Which is just like, we can, we can, like you said, we can talk about like what could have been there or what was meant to be there as long as we want to, but it doesn't change the fact that what we have is a character that is super annoying mm -hmm. that is, that is trying to get out a message about the main characters. That's true. Like, it's true. They're all fucking nuts. Um, but you don't give a shit about it because he's super annoying. And it ties back into, like, that whole you only see it from one perspective type thing because, like, holy shit, do I just hate Huey in this game? Mm -hmm. Which is also particularly weird coming from a man who has identified himself as the Otacon character. Like, Kojima has self-identified himself yeah. as the the Otacon character in pretty much every one of these games. Yeah. So it's weird that that is who's on trial right now. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. Maybe it was like a self like flag flagellation thing, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he's into it. No, no Konami um, found out that he self-identified and they were like we've got to kill this character. <laughs> um but yeah, so you do a couple more side ops as I did, and after you get a call saying that the staff found everything out, and um, Snake goes back to Mother Base, um, um, and Ocelot tells the men everything Huey's done, and Huey continues to deny, 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 and uh, Kaz walks up and um, calls a witness, and the witness is the AI pod. <laughs> it's just fucking okay. Um, and Huey claims it's just on the goof juice. I think. Yeah, the goof juice. Um, Huey claims it's just a machine, but then it starts playing a recording of Strange Love knocking on the pod and demanding Huey open it up. Um, and Kaz reveals that the pod recorded everything and says that Huey locked Strange Love in the machine after she tried to hide Hal so Huey couldn't use him to test Sally. Um, and Huey continues to deny, deny, deny. Um, and Kaz proclaims him guilty on all counts, and the men start screaming for his blood. And then Ocelot fires his gun in the air to quiet them down. Um, and then Kaz turns it over to Snake and says, uh, Snake's like, put him on a boat. <laughs> and it's, and Kaz freaks out and starts like 
saying that he's this is the enemy and that he's lost nothing compared to them and um snake says that cause is right he's not one of them but it's not their place to judge an enemy and that huey is leaving and cause walks away and the men load up the boat and um as he's being lowered into the water huey screams that he's innocent and that it's um that it's not his fault and the boat starts to sink and huey has to throw his legs into the water to keep himself from sinking um but yeah, yeah. I, thought that, I, I thought that was a nice touch. I also think it's interesting that every time, um, and I'm sorry that I'm like silently, uh, I'm sorry that I'm going silent from time to time, but it's because I, mean, I am trying to kind of mm, navigate some of the stuff. And I think thinking about this critically, it's interesting to me that uh, uh, all of the moments of autonomy that Venom Snake showcases um, are all moments when he's sparing people, mm-hmm. um, except for the skull face thing. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I mean, technically they spare him as well. So mm-hmm. it's interesting to me that, like, Venom at the beginning of this game proclaims, tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. And every time he's told what to do, he does do something destructive. And yet when he is given his own autonomy, um, for the most part, I think technically the um, uh, Shining Bright, even in death or whatever, the uh, Shining Lights, even in death mission um one could argue that you have autonomy to make that choice, but I think in general it's interesting that every one of Venom's choices are uh, ones that don't end in death. Mm-hmm. So it's I don't again I don't I don't know if this game's trying to make some sort of commentary on like deep down this guy's a good guy, but his programming is preventing him from truly being the good guy he can be. Um, or if it's supposed to be, oh, look at the circumstances that turn a good man into a fucking war tyrant. Um, <laughs> but I just, I don't know. Interesting to mull over, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's, uh, that's Huey dealt with. Um, <laughs> uh, cause says that he'll be telling one sided tales about diamond dogs and Ocelot says that one day he'll see through the lies and realize what kind of man he is. He might drown himself. Who knows? Huh? Some might, some might say that that might be what happens yep so the next thing is an important side up side up 150 called secure quiet um after some time passes you get a call saying that quiet has left mother base and that she's been tracked to afghanistan you have to go after her um and this is required for episode 46 right um so that's the thing so i think before um like when it first released, you had to do this mission to get forty six, but I think they might have patched it where you don't have to do it anymore. Because yeah, tell me more I, about the uh, tell me more about the game ending bug because we've talked about this a little bit off mic. So that's so so you can get an emblem um, if you use quiet enough. That's the butterfly emblem, and if you use it in your mother base logo, you. Um, um, you can prevent Quiet from leaving, but in the original version of the game, if Quiet doesn't leave, you can't unlock episode 46, which is the like final mission. And um, is that permanent? Like if you use it at all or is it just that's until the thing. you change it I don't it know. Back? I think originally and you know, at me if I'm wrong, please, please let me know if I'm wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure originally it was permanent and then they were just like, hey, oh, this sucks. And then they patched it and that's why it is the way it is now. Gotcha. Um, so at one point in time, it was sort of a weird. You could find yourself in a weird conundrum where you don't ever get the ending. Yeah, I think so. I think that's the case okay. because you can you can play a quiet exit. You can play that mission, but she doesn't leave, and that prevents the game from proceeding. Um, gotcha. 
Yeah. Yeah, and I would argue this is actually a pretty good mission. It's kind of fucked up that they hide it behind a side op, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, okay, I'm gonna have a lot of shit to say about this mission. Um, yeah, bring it on. Let's do it. And uh, I don't think I, I had as hard of a time as you did, so I'm excited to hear your experience. Well, so it, it's just the so side off 150. Let's let's do this. It's called Secure yep. Quiet. You go. You have to go to this outpost and get a um, an intel file. Is, is it the? Uh, do you get the intel file from the final place where you have to make your last stand? I can't. No, remember. no. It's it's down. It's kind of down the road from it, but gotcha, it's gotcha, in a gotcha. hut where she was, and that tells you where she is. Which but is the you cool had, three story house with the. Uh, all the yeah, windows that's, and shit. That's a and like the, Kendrick Lamar Palace, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I really actually really enjoy that map. Yeah, it's a cool map, but like I just couldn't 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 hang on this one. Um but yeah, so um so yeah, so as soon as you get the Intel file, it immediately kicks you into episode forty five, which is called a quiet exit. Um so yeah, so uh you gotta go to uh Kendrick Lamar Palace down the road. Um uh and Cody chimes in and, and admits to Snake. He says, look, she was carrying the English strain of the vocal cord parasite. Skullface was using her as an ace in a hole. Um, if he wasn't able to assassinate Snake. And um, um, Cody explains that quiet silence was a, silence was a choice. Um, and that they had a conversation in Navajo after her torture. And um, um, uh, posits that she refused the Wolbachia treatment because she might still harbor feelings of revenge, but that she took a vow of silence in order to stay at Mother Base and realized that after the mutation, um, it wouldn't be enough to just not speak. So she took off um, and uh, took off to make sure that the English strain died with her. Um, Kaz is still being a dick uh, <laughs> about what her. His name? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there are no enemies leading up to the palace um, and the area outside of the palace, which is a little foreboding. Um, but yeah, so as but as you approach, the camera kind of does a weird jump cut and um, zooms in on one of the prison cells outside the palace. And then I think one of the most um, badass, um, but also like my balls recoiled faster than they ever have in my life. Cutscenes yeah, happens. Yeah, it's like the the most. Uh the most badass, like feminist, uh, yeah. cutscene in all of Metal Gear. Yeah. So I'm going to see if I can explain this all, um, all just as it's happening. Imagine um, Cirque du Soleil and the matrix combined yeah. with Luke Bizon and yeah, that's the choreography level we're dealing with. Yeah. So, Quiet is pushed out of the, one of those cells at the side of the palace um, by some guards, and one of them like tries to like drown her in this dumpster full of water, and she looks like she dies, um, but then the color returns to her face, and she wakes up, um, does a bunch of flippy shit, bites one of the guy's ear ears off. Um, uh, this guy who's like paralyzes with fear, um, she does a scissor kick and crushes his dick, like legitimately, like blood. Crushes yeah, like you his hear dick. it. Yeah. Um, Snake, like, approaches quite with a knife, which, like, fucking, really? After that? Um, uh, and a tank unit approaches, but she kind of, like, pushes him out of the way of the fire of some new guards as the tank unit's approaching. Um, dispatches one of them, uses one of their knives to free herself, and then uses that same knife to stab a man in the neck. Like, an irresponsible amount of times, I'm going to be honest with you. 
flips off of him, stabs another man in the dick an irresponsible amount of times, um, pulls a grenade off of him, triggers it inside of the house that she's in, and um, the place explodes and gets set on fire, and she does a bunch of disappearing skull shit inside of the house to kill them. Um, and then Snake grabs uh, an assault rifle from the ground and shoots at a water tank above the, the cell to put it out. Um, and then as a guy, like, crawls out, like, really weak, he is shot in the head by a uh, quiet and her sniper rifle. Um, and she's question. wearing... What's up? If Quiet was going out here to to die with the last strain of the English parasite, why why did she do all that? Maybe she sent Snake. Okay, that's what I figured, but I just wouldn't. I just wanted yeah. to be sure. Yeah, that 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 makes sense to me. Like she probably like sent Snake's presence and was just like, ah, fuck, god damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so yeah, so um, so uh. She leaves the building with a her her rifle and a rocket launcher that she gives to Snake, um, and the tank rolls up and fires at them. And Snake says um, says her uh, says to her, "Let's finish this, and it's time to blow shit up." And I hate this. Yeah, like I don't I don't like it, but I think there are ways around it. Like I let the record state having a very leveled up rocket launcher. A lot of supply drops and a lot of fire support is what got me through this. Does that make for a fun time? I don't think so, but that's just what your boy had to do. Well, so here's what I wound up having to do eventually to get through it was that um, the game um, will give you automatic supply drops without that don't cost GMP, but it always puts them in front of you in the middle of the line of fire and they always feel inconsistent. Um, so what wound up working for me was that I started dropping them behind the palace when I had like two missiles left. So I would run behind them, take a breath, recover the supply drop, and then I would use the right side of the palace and pop in and out of cover, um, to blow everything up. And even that took three times before it finally fucking happened. But like, it took me so many, like I had to have died like something like 20, 30 times. Like I was ready to like punch something and like every single possible location they come from all sides they come they come fast and furious they don't stop and there's a helicopter that shows up eventually like it it the way that they situated there's no really great place in front of the palace or even like inside on different levels of the palace to stand without getting fucking murked so it's just like fucking what's the point so you kind of have, you have the, the battle cheese. dress equipped. I did, yeah, and I had a pretty solid yeah. uh, rocket launcher too. Um, so it was just it was just rough. There's like no yeah, real good lot. place to do it. So you kind of just have to like cheese it by like like doing the supply drops before like anticipating and doing it before the game does, so you don't get locked into having like forcing yourself to get a supply drop from the front of the building instead of behind it, and then just doing your best, you know. Yeah, let's be real. This is this game's take on a final boss. Yeah. And it's not great. It's not a great take. Yeah, for a game series that is, for better or worse, um, memorialized for its boss encounters, um, this game has got some of the worst. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, it is what it is. Um, I got through it. 
eventually. I was ready, like, uh, there was a point where I was ready to, like, quit the mission and just do Mission 46 because I was just like, I have it. I don't need to do this. Fuck this. But mm-hmm. I pushed through it, so. Yeah. Which is good because. I mean, it's worth it. The The cutscene's pretty good at the end. Yeah. Yeah. The cutscene's pretty good, and I've got some, we'll, we'll go through it, and then I've got some things to say about the cutscene. I share this with you mm-hmm. previously. You do lose quiet I, for the rest of the game. Just yes, spoilers. Yeah. You do. Um, it sucks because she's my, for better or worse, sexualization or not, um, I do think having a human companion who clearly has affection for the player and for Venom uh, is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish they would have given her a little bit more personality, um, and it sucks to lose that person. Yes. Um, um, but yeah, so I uh, I... I, it does suck to lose that person. I, I've got some, like, I've, I've expressed my opinion about, like, this is a good place to, like, talk about. Yeah, I mean, we're wrapping up quiet. Yeah. So. so, like, the whole thing. So after we kind of discuss the scene and what happens, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, I'll, I'll express my thoughts. And I think you kind of agreed with me, but maybe, maybe if I say it again, you'll, um, you'll have some counters or whatever. But <laughs> Okay. Yeah. No, let's, I don't uh, know. Yeah. Let's wrap up quiet. But yeah, so after this all happens, um, there's a uh, final secret tank that um, fires a rocket launcher at them, um, or that fires at the, or aims at them, and um, Quiet like grabs his rocket launcher and fires it at the tank, um, and uh, they kind of like get blown up by the tank as it's like going down. I'm pretty sure I'm remembering that right, but I could not be. Essentially, some badass shit happens, and then they get blown up. Um, but uh quiet's down snake's not doing much better um uh snake calls out for her and she kind of like flashes the thumbs up weakly and um snake tries to call base but there's a sandstorm rolling in and the connection is having some trouble which is not a thing that's happened at all in this game when there's yeah, a sandstorm so sure um so snake goes that they're going to have company and laments that there's no water or sun for quiet and picks her up um and this one was pretty simple. If you, um, if there's a sandstorm happening, um, you kind of have to walk along. Some guys show up uh, about halfway to the LZ. Um, but if you're kind of moving along the wall, you don't really run into them. Um, so it's pretty, pretty easy to get through. Um, but when you get to the LZ, quiet kind of struggles and snake drops her. Um, and he tries to check on her, but she starts like fighting him and, um, he kind of drags her further into the desert. Um, and they walk past the snake, which is going to be very important um, in a second. Um, and they come across the reinforcements for the armored unit, and they hide. Um, uh, um, a soldier kind of approaches them, and Quiet does like a like a struggle again, and Snake restrains her, and um, he the soldier like shoots the snake that they walk past. Um, uh, um, and uh, another snake approaches them and quite kind of uh, lunges for it, what I imagine is an attempt to, like, kill herself. Um, and the snake bites Snake instead. Um, and Snake kills the snake, and then um, then uh, he falls over and passes out. Um, and he kind of wakes up, and he's having, like, a in-and-out-of-consciousness like moment. And uh, Quiet's hovering over him and tending to him, and the radio sparks up, and Pequod's calling for Snake. Um, and, uh... Quiet answers in Navajo and tries to tell Pequod that Snake is dying, but uh, Pequod can't understand. Um, so Quiet eventually realizes that she has to speak English to save him and calls Pequod back and tells him where they are. And um, Pequod when, freaks out. He's like, who yeah. is this? 
Yeah. And that, who, that moment gave me like chills. Yeah. It was like, it was when he shows up, he like, he, when he finally shows up, he's like, oh, quiet. I didn't know you were so talkative. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So like the whole thing where she's like sacrificing, essentially sacrificing to uh, guide to save Snake is, uh, is pretty cool. It's a cool moment. I just don't know if it deserved all of the whole game to build up to it. Yes. So that's what, that's another thing I'm going to get to. Um, yeah, so Snake finally wakes up, and a soldier, a mother base soldier, is there. Says that he gave Snake an anti venom, um, and asks where Quiet is. Snake asks where Quiet is, um, um, and the guy hesitates and says that they have to go. Um, it helps Snake up, and Snake pushes him off and looks around for Quiet and notices a set of footprints in the sand. Um, I don't know if you can There's ignore the footprints. Of, single pair of footprints in the sand is when <laughs> Quiet carried me on her back. Um, I don't know if you can ignore the footprints. Um, but why would I don't you? know if I ever have, so I'm not sure. Yeah. But yeah, if you follow them like a sane person, um, you get a scene, um, where you discover a cassette tape hanging off of a tree at the top of the hill. Um, cause she carries her Walkman everywhere she goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you play the tape, you snake plays the tape and he hears quiet and says that, and she says she's talking. She says that she didn't choose to be quiet. Um, and wanted to express <laughs> her, her feelings to him and laments that they she's didn't like, I share. have a name snake. It's Kim. <laughs> It's it's uh, Stephanie Justin. My name is Stephanie. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, she wanted to express her feelings to him and laments that they didn't share a common tongue. Um, and the scene kind of cuts to Quiet's face, and um, the tape continues that vengeance drove her to cipher, but the words that she shared with Snake was no language at all, and chose the language of gratitude instead and went back to silence. And um, Quiet is kind of walking away from the camera into the distance, and... Um, um, she declares that she is quiet, the absence of words, and, um, the wind blows some sand across the screen and she disappears. Um, how and, cool would uh, it have been if you could have found her dead body? Like, oh God, just randomly somewhere in the map. That would kind of suck. Yeah. Cause I mean, Jesus. I guess the implication is like the parasites are activated by her speaking English, right? Yeah. So they're, they're so going she... to kill her. Yeah. So like technically if they found her body later, it wouldn't be lethal. Yeah. If the parasites had died. Yeah. So that would have been, I don't know. It would have been neat, but yeah, nah, (laughs) it would have, it would have been like, well, for, for all that we complain about how random it is finding uh, a man on fire's body just in the middle of a base. Yeah. That's a good point. It would cheap. It would cheapen it. Um, that's true. That's true. Um, but yeah. So, um, um, after the credits of the, uh, the mission roll, um, the seven hundred and ninetieth time that we've seen the credit. <laughs> um, Ocelot is talking to uh, Cody about uh, Quiet's like scans, um, and Cody says that she underwent the parasite therapy, like he suspected, um, which allowed her to uh, breathe through her skin since her lungs were fucked after being lit on fire um, earlier in Classic. the game. <laughs> um, and it also allowed her to obtain nutrients through photosynthesis and. Um, Cody confirms there was no way anyone other than Skullface could be responsible. Um, and uh, Cos puts together that Skullface infected her with the strain, English strain of the parasite at the same time of her therapy so that uh, if an, another assassination attempt failed, she can come to Mother Base and just kill them that way, um, which accounts for the missing English strain. Um, and that uh, Cody says she approached uh, Snake again either under Skullface's orders or her own revenge, but for whatever reason did not complete her objective. And ponders what it might have been um, as the briefing ends, um, and that's yeah. it for quiet. 
Well, and right here is where I kind of want to allude to something that we talked about at the very beginning of this whole coverage uh, in this season, which is like, I truly believe that when the screen cuts to black, we hear quiet singing at the beginning mm-hmm. because I think it's Venom reflecting back on that day yeah. and thinking about quiet. Yeah. Um, I think that's the only explanation because I don't even think that that moment could have lasted that long in the, of like in the real time of that mission. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and well, I, we, I don't we, know like, why she would sing into like your some, ear. Like, well, we posited that it was like, and we're about to get into it too. So we can kind of right, like, be right. a little bit looser with what, but we posited that it was like some like memory therapy or like some crazy, like, yeah. But I think the simple shit. answer is like, he's just thinking back. Yeah, you know I mean? for sure. Um, with some affection. Yeah. So here's what I, here's what I'll say. Um, I thought the story that's surrounding the mission is great, um, but as we've kind of discussed, the game doesn't earn its relationships, including this one, especially this one. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but Quiet is a badass, despite you know everything about her. Um, and I despite think despite the her, game she is in, <laughs> despite the game she is in, she is a badass. And I think that her final sacrifice for Snake um, is impactful. I just think that it could have been more impactful if they did more to explain or earn the change of heart, because it just comes out of nowhere. Like it doesn't, like it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah, um, and if, you, if you hardly use her as a companion, it's oh, even especially extra like I use, like that's the thing. I use Dee Dee for the entire fucking game. I didn't yeah. start using I didn't start using quiet until I was spamming fucking uh, side ops in the end this, in this chapter to kind of like get on with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, there's they don't do it. They don't do anything to endear her to you at all. If you, in certain cases and they don't earn the relationships. Mm-hmm. I felt more. Yeah, they're they're that assuming that dog. you're going to. Yeah, it's just like in it's just like with the rest of the problems of the game is like they assume that you're going to project the correct way onto everything. Yeah. Honestly, if you would have like told me that, reason. if you would have told me, like, we don't would have been would have been just as impactful to me. Honestly, is if you would have told me that this entire time Dee Dee could speak English, and that was the only thing that he was, uh, like, he had an English train, and that he spoke English to get Pequod to you, and then sacrificed himself, and then took you get Dee Dee taken away from you, and that would have been that would have been impactful how, to me. How how awesome would it have been if, based on who you used the most, they just replaced that buddy? In this mission, <laughs> so D Walker's like Pequod. You need to come here and save your boy. And Pequod's like, yeah. "Oh my God, is that D Walker?" <laughs> that would have been great. Is that Dorsey? <laughs> it's Mister Ed. Yeah, Mister Ed. But yeah, He's no, like, that, that like, like that like time. it's a little that's a little bit facetious. But you know, it, it's 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 very similar. They don't earn the relationship at all, and especially if you don't use her a lot. So, yeah, it would have been cool to to walk that back a little bit from the ridiculous level. I think it would have been neat if you would have gotten like almost like a companion ed- end quest, depending mm-hmm. on who you use the most. Mm-hmm. So maybe if it was DD instead of being like the parasites, it's like DD is dying, but yeah. still rescues Big Boss or Venom. Yeah. Um, I think that would have been cool. Yep, it's like a real me and Marley situation with. D-Dog. Oh, no. God. Um, yeah, Marley so this me. gets Excuse us... Excuse me. This uh, Marley, me and Marley. Yeah. Me and That's Marley. the sequel. That's the me, prequel. Me Marley is good. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Um, I can see yeah, the so trailer now. Some old man being like, whose dog is this? And then somebody comes out from behind a tree and they're like, me Marley. It me Marley. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this leads us into episode 46. Truth. The man who sold the world. Um, but yeah, so there's no pomp or circumstance here. The mission just kind of begins and you're back in the hospital. It comes out of um, fucking nowhere. Yeah, it, it does. literally comes out of nowhere. Yeah, which is why it's such a weird ending and why I don't believe that it is the it, it was meant to like here's the thing. I believe that it was meant to be the ending of the game. I do not believe that there wasn't more build up. Together. Yeah, it feels like it feels like there's missing connective tissue. Oh, so much. Cuz it's just such a random thing. It's just like it's like, "Oh, now it's time for this." It's like, "Wait, wait, wait why?" Yeah, and, like, nobody even remarks on it. Like, nobody's even, like... Can you imagine if somebody would have called and been like, man, that's a real bummer about Quiet. Do you remember how we first met her? And it's like, huh. Like, maybe something, but, like, there was nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's, you know, just, like, something, like, like, something, like, even something as, like, simple and thin as that would have been better than what we got, which was literally nothing. So, you know. Mm -hmm. But, you know... You go, um... Well, you get the iDroid telling you that there's new missions available. So that's that's something. Yeah, that is something. So whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so you, um... The game starts in the hospital bed back in 1975. Um, um, and it's important to note here that for the first time in the game, the credits say that the game is... Uh, that the mission is starring Big Boss instead of Punished Venom Snake. Right. So that's something. Right. Um... Um, but yeah, so from from your perspective, that, you that, see that, uh, that did make me think that there would be more different, and unfortunately, there is yeah, not. there is not a lot different. So you see an extra scene, you see Big Boss from your perspective flatlining, um, and they hit him with a defibrillator, and his heartbeat comes back, and Kaz asks if he's okay. Um, the doctor says uh, he he's stable, but in a coma. If he's okay, and yeah, they're looking if, at somebody else. Um, no, no, no. So he asks if if Big Boss is okay first. Yeah, says, and then he says, okay? what about him? And he right. says he's stable, but he's in a coma, and then Kaz does the, uh, what about him? Um, and then uh, says that he's... They're talking about you, Sam. The he- it's what? They're talking about you. They're like, what yeah, about they're... him? And it's yeah, like, oh, him? him? You mean the player? Yeah, what him? And they say that, that he took some shrapnel to the head, and you're just like, oh, wait, what? Um, uh, and then um, the Nietzsche quote, um, Nietzsche, Nietzsche, Frederick Nietzsche, um, facts do not exist. Only interpretations flashes on the screen while this while the uh, the man who sold the world cover by Midger plays again, um, and then the game proceeds as it does without the start menu, um, and it proceeds the same way it does at the beginning of the game up until the two weeks after the awakening scene. And this time, um, you hear the conversation that the nurse and the doctor are having. Um, yeah, with, it's subtitled, uh, right? With subtitles. Um, and they mentioned that he is in no condition for plastic surgery. And the doctor says that he is in great danger and they must act now and prep for surgery. Um, which somebody spoiled, uh, way back when that trailer was coming out because somebody was like, I speak Greek. Here you go. Oh, that's like for people who can actually understand the language. It it was definitely spoiled like way early. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's, yeah. Well, that sucks. Um, but yeah, so, uh. Um, the conversation from there proceeds up until um, you get to the altering your appearance and you don't create your character again 
Um, but when he holds up, when the doctor holds up the mirror, you see your creative character instead of Big Boss like you did before. Um, and you are now to presume that instead of what you thought, you, that you as a character underwent surgery to look like Big Boss. Um, not the other way around again. Um, and then um, the scene proceeds as it did up until the doctor shows you the pictures. Um, and then instead of blacking out as if you blinked um, when he puts them down, it shows you that you grab the pictures to look at them. And when you fan the picture out, you see the force person covered up and one picture was you. And when you flip the picture over, it shows a bit um, on the back written by Big Boss telling you good luck with the name you entered at the beginning on it. Um, and then um, the scene with Quiet plays out like it does at the beginning. Um, um, and then once the scene are, scenes are over, um, you just play through the prologue again. Um, and nothing, nothing after that is really different at all. Um, um, and I really did miss just failing to stand. I did miss that. (laughs) (laughs) One thing, one thing that I will point out here, um, that I noticed, um, that I actually noticed this time around was that the first time you meet, um, Volgan, um, before the sprinkler goes off, um, he actually stares at Ish instead of you. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's actually looking as he's walking towards you. He's like looking at Ishmael instead of uh, instead of. Uh, yeah, so technically, Man on Fire is never really given a shit about you. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. Um, Which yeah, also so, explains uh, Eli's blood relation to us. Hmm. But yeah, so once the ambulance crashes, um, you essentially play it the same up until the ambulance crashes. All bets are fucking off. Um, and the scene picks up from a different perspective this time. It picks up with Ishmael um, waking up and being dragged out of the ambulance by Ocelot. Um, and Ocelot beckons for him to follow him and calls him Boss. And uh, Boss checks on his passengers briefly before following. And uh, and then the scene cuts and Ocelot is uh, giving a now unbandaged Big Boss his bike to get away on. Um, his sick fucking leather jacket. Oh, yeah. And Boss does um, not have any shit sticking out of his head. Nope, not at all. Um, and also, it also gives uh, Big Boss a passport with fake details, which is the information you inputted at the beginning of the game, and says that um, he best changed his face, too, which I don't understand. Um, yeah, which he does not do. He doesn't do. Um, and then the, the other one will take his place as Snake, um, and also explains the whole world wants Boss's head and that the Phantom can handle it. Um, and the Boss asks... Uh, uh, Big Boss asks Ocelot if he's forgetting something, and Ocelot hands over and lights an honest-to-God non-digital cigar. Um, and then perfect. Big Boss, perfect. And then Big Boss tells Ocelot they'll meet again before um, Ocelot leaves to recover Venom, as he did at the beginning of the game. And uh, Big Boss enjoys a couple puffs from the cigar before driving off. And uh, um, after this, they do that typical sequence of uh, sequence of dates that roll over the top of the screen, except now it's over the Outer Heaven logo. Mm-hmm. Um, Ocelot does some sort of weird psychotherapy to himself to get him to forget. Yeah, those that's two, the thing. Right? Like, yeah, so that he like he doesn't remember what's going on until he's supposed to, or some shit like that. It's very weird. Yeah. Um, plot holes. Plot holes. Um, but yeah. So uh, after this reveal, the scene cuts to the bathroom from the very beginning of the game. We told you we were coming back to the bathroom. Um, nine hours and, later for us, but 80 hours later for us, not mm-hmm. in this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so you hear gunfire in the background. It's Venom, who's covered in blood, inspects himself in the mirror. 
and uh, pulls a tape out of the Walkman that says from the man who sold the world on it, presumably um, the truth from Big Boss. And he flips the tape over and sets it down and kind of looks at himself in the mirror some more. And um, when the camera pans, you see your created character in the mirror and a flashback reveals that Venom... Um, who is the, who is actually the medic that removed the bomb from Paz at the end of Ground Zeroes, and that's the character you've been playing the whole time. That's the character you created. Um, and then after all these realizations, um, Venom plays the tape and hears Big Boss asking if he remembers who he is and what he was meant to do now. Um, um, and uh, upon um, wait, Big Boss says, "What did he say?" Big Boss says that he cheated death and um, it's thanks to Venom and because of Venom he made his mark and then um, the camera pans and the visage is now Venom from the hospital wearing the garb and um, Big Boss says that Venom has made his mark too and written his own history and that he is his own man and that they're both Big Boss. Um, and then upon, upon uh, um, being told that he is also Big Boss, Venom kind of looks up sharply and then Big Boss says to the two of them together make Big Boss and that where they are today, quote, we built it and that the story and the legend is theirs and they can use it to change the future. And, and then um, uh, Venom turns into Henry Rollins and punches the mirror. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's literally, it's literally a bunch of just like this, you are me and I am you and we are we and this is this and we are Big Boss. I have expected, like, uh, ding, uh, thou art I, <laughs> I art thou, and like the card to come down. I was like, "What the fuck, Aaron? You'll get that pull. God bless you. Welcome to the Patriot Club." <laughs> anyway, sorry, persona. Um, Yay, yeah, weeaboos, yeah. weeaboos. Um, but yeah, so uh, um, Venom kind of smirks in the mirror after he hears all this stuff, um, and he flips the tape over, and the word "operation" is visible on it. Ooh, what is that? Oh. And he kind of contemplates the music the gets tape a fucking bit more. sick, by the way. Yeah, right here. it does. It's very good. Um, um, he kind of contemplates the tape a little bit more um, before putting it in the deck. And when he does it and presses play, it reveals more, and it says "Operation Intrude N3" on it, which you can only presume it's N312, which is the operation that Gray Fox was on originally. Um, no, I think it's N313 for which is the Metal Gear game. Well, yeah, but like, isn't one two like the precursor to that, like precursor to that? Because that hasn't that hadn't happened yet at that point, right? Well, so Why here's what I'm here's what I'm gonna throw out. So the camera uh-huh. pans out, and you see an MSX, like that is what is sitting next to the tape recorder. Oh, um, and I would presume because the moment he punches the mirror, his outfit changes. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah. When he punches the mirror, instead of having a Diamond Dogs badge, it's an Outer Heaven badge on mm-hmm. his outfit. Um, and I think when he walks out that door at the end, he's walking out to face Solid Snake. Oh, like I'm telling, like I think he's listening to that tape before he dies. Oh, and that where he's about to go is the final boss fight for Metal Gear. Interesting. Okay. And that, I, yeah, and that's why I, I think I, the whole cycle kind of ends the moment he walks out the door. Okay, I can I can get down on that. But yeah, um, that's my that's my personal theory. I really like that scene because, like, he punches the mirror and it shatters, and then um, it kind of pans through as if, like, the mirror was, like, a different dimension almost, and he kind of, like, walks through the yeah. smoke. It's pretty um, sick. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's very um, goth. But, yeah, the events, um, the events that 
yeah, after that happens, the events that take place after the events of the game scroll down the screen again, all the way through the end of Metal Gear Solid 4. Um, and it kind of flashes all the different Outer Heaven logos, which is pretty cool. Um, uh, the Dr. One... Clark thing, I think, has been patched, by the way. There was an initial date about Dr. Clark's death that didn't match uh-huh. up with anything. And I think it got altered to, like, Dr. Clark's been missing. Well, but I, actually, I have, it, I, have it, I have it here, actually. Oh, okay. So 2005, Shadow Moses Incident. Deaths of Master Kazuhira Miller, Donald Anderson, Sigan, and Dr. Clark, paramedic. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, that's right. They added the paramedic part, I think. Yeah. Or something. They made um, some sort of adjustment after after release. Yeah. Um, and then the scroll kind of ominously lingers on the final event of 2014, which is Big Boss Dies. Boom, baby. Is, and that's the end of the game. That's the end of the game. So what were you, what was kind of going through your head about this twist? So I got the game, I got the game relatively close to launch. I think it was like a, maybe a couple weeks after. Um, it took me a really long time to finish it though. Mm-hmm. Um, just because like I don't have infant time, unfortunately. And so I was definitely chipping away at it. Um, I think I got really, really far, really, really quickly. And then the last little stretch took me a little long. Um, but I had kind of already like, this kind of sucks, but it had kind of already gotten, gotten spoiled for me. Um, yeah. and so going into it or at least not spoiled, but like, I don't know, people, I guess, hyped it, um, and talked about how it was going to complete the cycle and all this stuff. Um, my immediate first blush reaction was I was very underwhelmed. Mm. Um, I thought it was cool. It just kind of left me with like a empty feeling. Well, that's kind of like the whole, that's kind of like the the biggest theme of the game, right? Is it, it was an idea. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was neat. It's just like, I, I think ultimately with enough distance, I realized what it was that was unsatisfactory and it's not how it ended. I thought how it ended was actually pretty excellent. Um, I think two things, one, it ending on like a bait and switch, like MGS two felt a little rehashy, but mostly felt like, and you talked about this earlier with, um, the potential for finding quiet's body. Um, Mm -hmm. it feels like it cheapens it. Mm -hmm. So like we've, we've stuck around and we've played all these games as this character to then not play the end of this saga as that character as big boss. It feels mm-hmm. like it cheapens the entire fucking experience. Because um, yeah. this isn't Big Boss's end. Like, we don't get to experience that. We aren't allowed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so it feels kind of cheap. Um, and I think the other thing is that there is too much time that passes from the beginning of the game to the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that amount of time, it's like the, it does get to a point of diminishing returns. And for me, once you get past like the 24 hour mark, roughly like 20 to 30 hours, um, 
every hour that goes by is me expecting a bigger and badder ending. Yeah. And I feel like this ending came at a point where like nothing could have satiated the amount of time that went into the game. Yeah. And I don't I know, agree. that's just that's just how I feel. I think in a nutshell in a vacuum, like the ending's fucking cool. Yeah, I think, I think it I think but the the problem with it is that it's cool in the context of like another fucking game, right? Right. A right. game that was like finished and more fleshed out and that had connective tissue that made everything like like that led you to a place where you cared about it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Peace Walker Peace Walker got me stoked about what this was going to be. Mm-hmm. And then playing this, the only thing that I felt at the end was I want to play a fucking Metal Gear remake immediately. Yeah. yeah. And that was it. You know what I mean? Like, which I, I like, guess is like, which next? I guess is like, here's the thing about it. It's like, yeah, great feeling, good feeling. Too bad you'll never be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, part of me got extremely excited because I thought there was a chapter three. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy fuck, is Chapter 3 going to be a recontextualization of Metal Gear? Yeah. Like, I was like, are we going to get to see, like, Metal Gear 1 from, like, a different perspective? Like, this is insane. I was like, is this... Because somebody had said something about, like, oh, maybe David Hayter's not voicing the main character because they're using him for a twist. Yeah. And so, and I had, and I didn't realize that he just wasn't in it at all. And yeah. so, by the time I got to the end, I was like... Oh shit! Are we going to get like a Fox Engine opening cutscene of Metal Gear One as like a post credits? Yeah, and I was so jazzed. And then after the credits rang, I was like, "Is that like I'm back on Mother Base? Yeah, is that it? Like, and that's I mean, it's not fair. It's not fair for me to judge a game based on potential that maybe they didn't ever consider nor care about. Like that, it's not fair for me to be like. Sam, I don't like you because you're not my friend, Derek. You know what I mean? Like that's that's silly. Um, But it just sucks knowing that like there could have been a little bit more to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially as like a way to completely wrap up the whole fucking series, it felt kind of yeah. Literally, literally, like it painted itself in a circle. It was just like. We're going to give you Solid Snake, and then here's Big Boss and his descent into fucking villainous villainship and all this other stuff like that, and how he became how he is. And then you have, like, oh shit, Metal Gear 1 was like a whole other thing. It was like, it's, a, it's literally the perfect circle, and they just, they just walked out on the opportunity. Well, and the problem with that, too, is like this whole talk of like you finally get to see Big Boss become the villain. No, we saw another dude become yeah. a villain. Big Boss never did any villainous shit i don't think which i guess is sort of a a message in and of itself it's like hey big boss actually isn't a bad guy yeah um but that feels so footnotey like that feels like oh hidden in the margins is the the real story which is Mm -hmm. big boston do nothing to nobody Mm -hmm. and it's like well okay yeah and uh, maybe I would have cared more about the medic from the helicopter if they actually spent time designing a character and uh, not made me had to make a pube mustache Dark Souls character as, <laughs> uh, as his face. Yeah. Like honestly, and you want to know what the you know what the thing about it would be too is if um, they just showed the medic, and this might just be repeating what you just said, but if they showed the medic throughout the whole thing. 
and just like didn't treat it as like a big deal. He was just another character that was around like everybody else in the game mm-hmm. and then revealed at the end of the game that, whoa, this guy was is the guy. You're this guy mm-hmm. instead of making you create a character. And then mm-hmm. like it, it just would have been so much better. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. But alas, we can treat the outer op uh, one of the topics as uh, how would we <laughs> make a better Metal Gear Solid Five? Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. But yeah, needless to say, I think I think it's a cool moment in Metal Gear. I just don't think it's worth the price of admission to get to it. Right. Um, and I think for most people, myself included, I completely forgot about the fucking beginning bathroom by the time I got to it. Like it felt like yeah, exactly. It's like it takes you like, and it makes you do so much shit for so fucking long that it's just like, oh, oh, this really? Yeah, maybe skip all the Eli shit completely and just like give me the scene after Skullface dies. Yeah, yeah. I don't so. know. Like it's there's a better way. We'll 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 talk more about like what we would do um, next week, but for sure, for sure. But yeah, but yeah. I don't know. It was good. Wasn't bad. Yeah. <sighs> I just wish it was better. Like, it, yeah. it could have been so good. But, yeah, it's what it is. Um, do you want to kind of discuss that big theory really quick? or? Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. So, essentially, the big theory that I would say got Python Selkin kind of on the map in the Metal Gear community and elsewhere um, was that between Ground Zeroes and Phantom Pain, and maybe even before Ground Zeroes, their big supposition was that we like i mean they like fucking called it that we don't play as big boss they were like you play as another character it's a bait and switch the whole thing is lies uh ishmael might be the real big boss or might be a figment of your imagination um and they had tons of evidence to back it up the one part where their theory slipped and it sucks that they have so many people who believe this and i don't agree in the slightest is that they are saying that just because the way that Venom holds his hand in that one image of him doing like the peace sign over his eye, mm-hmm. that it's um, Cyborg Ninja. That like you play as Frank Yeager. Like that oh, Frank Yeager no. is Venom. Uh, and that no. doesn't make any fucking sense. It doesn't. And people do. I remember having a discussion with some. with. Um, we don't need to condense. That. We don't need to condense the characters even more. Like there's already yeah. too few of characters. Yeah. The fact that the fact that Venom is actually somebody completely different is actually impressive for the series. Yeah, right, 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 right. Like we're not dealing with Game of Thrones level of fucking named main characters here. I would say Game of Thrones probably has like triple the original characters that this game mm-hmm. has. But yeah, I think that's yeah. a little bit silly. Um but I do think that it's cool that they um had tons of evidence to to kind of spoil the game before it came out. Um and I think that's cool on their part for being so diligent. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the big. That was the big theory. Um, big theory. Yeah. So um, let's talk about. Uh, do you want to talk about cut stuff in these side ops? Yeah, let's talk about Mission Fifty One really quick, which is uh, called Kingdom of the Flies. Mission Fifty One. So it was the. Sam, um, I don't. I don't have that in my game. Oh, me either. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It's because those pesky. Uh, those pesky uh, studio heads had to cut it at the last second. Oh man, those to guys fit are it so on the weird. disc. Fit it on the disc. Remember. Yeah, and that secret, that secret. Uh, uh, I mean, that's a bit. That's a big exclusive for us. I mean, we're gonna very big exclusive. We got that. Yeah, Somebody IGN's sent us that in confidence it. and whistle blew the whole thing. 
Yeah. <laughs> Those two American men who work at Konami. Yeah. On the East Coast of America for some reason. <laughs> who knows? Um, but yeah, so um, it was the special edition, right? Or was it? Uh, yeah, that I know it's a special edition came that came with that DVD or whatever. Yeah, they released like a video of um, a cut episode 51 they called never in a Flies. million fucking years should have put this on a dvd because everybody lost their fucking minds oh yeah like this was a mistake um yeah but it's there now and it was essentially um the aftermath of what happened after eli and the kids took uh Sahelanthropus away from mother base um and essentially um essentially um the pilot that they kidnapped was recovered and kind of told you which direction they went in and you found him on this Island and, um, um, snake has to secure Sally and the kids and deal with the missing strain of the English parasite because, um, that's, they, they took, uh, they took one of the vials from the fire before it burned up and, uh, that's a problem. So yeah, it's basically, yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's a little added extra element as well where, like, not only was it going to introduce this whole island area, um, Konami swears up and down it was just the one mission. They claim that there was not more to this mm-hmm. mission. Um, but allegedly um, there was supposed to be a sequence where Snake gets his uh, horn bumped or, like, shot, and it fucks with his vision, and it makes him yeah, colorblind. So yeah, so he sees, like, there was... um. Like, everybody's wearing hazmat suits, and the enemies are wearing white, and Eli's wearing red, and then there's a point where there's, like, a semi-playable cutscene where um, you get bumped by an explosion, and you're shooting enemies, and then you accidentally shoot Eli, because he looks like he's wearing white. Yeah, and um, I think those are supposed to become, then, yeah, listen, like, this whole thing, where yeah. you have to, like, help Eli. Yeah. Um, and it just becomes a thing. He's wearing like a vest or something like that. And it just becomes like this whole deal. And it's like, it's like, all right, there's a, they end the, the video and we'll put this in the show notes too. But the video, like the video, uh, explains like all of the, like what was supposed to happen and snake was going to sneak through and he was going to sneak past the kids and he was going to have another epic battle with Sally with Eli piloting Sally. And it was just going to be this huge deal. Um, and then, um, and then, uh, Eli, um, um, was, he was infected. Like the whole premise was that he was infected with the, um, English strain and that he was approaching manhood, and that was what was going to trigger the the parasites because um because uh um what was it he it didn't it doesn't affect kids because their their vocal cords aren't fully developed or some shit like that um so just like shoehorning in another uh another wrinkle to the whole parasite shit um but, but yeah so yeah this kind of would have been like the pause uh stealing Zeke for yeah. this game kind of yeah like the secret, like the secret final boss type of thing. Yeah, which would have been cool to have gotten like a whole biome to explore on this mm-hmm. island. Um, but I think for obvious reasons it got scrapped. Like, why would you build a whole fucking map for one mission? But right. Um, yeah. So it just became. Yeah, just became I think the video, thing. the video that shipped with the game says that the cutscene is like seventy percent complete. As yeah. Well. So it's like missing some assets and stuff like that. So the parts of the video where you can see like 
the character models actually moving around. Like they're not moving their mouths or anything like that because it's not like complete with all the assets and stuff like that. Yeah. A lot of but people they recorded were thinking for quite the longest, a few lines. Yeah. A lot of people were thinking that for the, um, just so you guys are aware and I don't think we ever talked about it, but there's a whole sort of meta game to metal gear, which is you get to a certain point where you can develop nuclear weapons. Um, mm-hmm. However, the moment you develop a nuclear weapon, you then kind of end up on the hit list of the entire internet. Um, yeah. And there's sort of this weird meta game in the multiplayer, um, which we'll talk about FOBs and multiplayer um, on next week's episode um, now, because this one's running a bit long. But um, effectively, there's this meta game for you to disarm every nuke in the world. Um, and everybody assumed that if, cause it seemed like very unattainable, um, and it literally took years and years and years for it to finally happen. And it did happen on a console. I think it was the Xbox version of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it may have been the PC, but I think it was Xbox. Um, but, uh, ultimately what ends up happening is there's just a cutscene with cause being like, you did it and that's it. And I think you get like a trophy or something. Um, but a lot of people were like, oh, fuck, uh, Mission 51 will only unlock if we disarm all the nukes. Um, or people thought that Act 3 or Chapter 3 would unlock because Chapter mm. 3 is called Peace. Yeah. Um, but there, uh, Konami has been explicit that there is never going to be a Chapter 3, nor was there plans for that. It got cut very early on in production. Mm. So, so, Which is mm. weird that the asset still exists in the game data, but it did yeah. get cut. So. So what I will say is that I I I I agree with the notion that chapter three was not the end of the game. Um, I I agree with the notion that episode like mission forty six was like the last mission of the game. I disagree with the notion that the game was finished because it was clearly not finished. There was more. There was so much more they needed. Yeah. Also, like, what harm would it have done for them to have put the truth earlier? Yeah. Because, like, again, if it were to happen right after Skullface died, like, okay, cool. Then you get to play the rest of the game knowing the truth. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, I don't know. It doesn't have to come at the end, in my opinion. No. So. I don't know. Interesting. But, yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, that's the game. Um, and we're going to kind of, we're going to kind of breeze through side ops and get to one really very beefy, um, important series of like side shits. That's completely optional that you could, miss which is fucking and, nuts. Uh, there are literally yeah. people in our discord who didn't even know this was a thing, which yeah. is boggling travesty. to the it mind. A tra- it's a travesty is what it is, which like, and it, um, we're not saying it's boggling to the mind for those people. It's fucking crazy that the game hides, uh, what I would say is mandatory content. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, so there's a couple different types of side ops, and we're going to um, come back to one specific type. I'm just kind of going through them in order of when I how I compiled them. Um, um, but there, uh, we have the important side ops that we discussed um, uh, during this throughout the story. Um, we have four um, extract the interpreter missions, so you can extract uh, extract Russian, Pashto, Afrikaans, and Kikongo um, interpreters um, throughout the game. Um, there are a couple missions where you can secure bu- blueprints to um, develop the riot SMG, the stun arm, the IR sensor, the anti-theft device, the gun cam defender, and the UA drone, most of which are for your FOB stuff. Um, um, I could have sworn that there are definitely ways to get the riot SMG and stuff without being in these side ops because like i i got the riot smg just like from exploring 
Oh yeah, and there are ways to do it, but this is just like here's this, so you can get it yeah. for sure. You know, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are um, extract the highly skilled soldier missions, which give you soldiers with high ranks that will be an asset to Mother Base. Um, there are prisoner extraction missions that give you the chance to rescue some prisoners that will be assets to Mother Base. Um, and women, I think it's the only and way women. To be women. There's a couple women. <laughs> yeah, there's like two women. Yeah, two two of women. <laughs> um, there are animal extraction missions. Um, the first being you extract a little lost sheep, um, the legendary brown bear, um, the legendary ibis, which gives you the ability to develop the hand of Jehuti item, which is a pretty cool item that like lets you grab somebody from a distance and pull them closer. Um, the uh, little lost sheep is super goofy and t- took me literally two seconds. Yeah, like, it's not hard it's at just all. It wanders out. into one of the villages in Afghanistan, and it's 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 presented as being way harder than it like is actually is in reality. So. Um, and then you can also extract the legendary jackal, which gives you the ability to develop the wormhole Fulton, which lets you extract um, skulls and extract men and tanks and anything, no matter what the weather and no matter where they're located. So under roofs or whatever. Um, the important to, ones. You send them to the Metal Gear Survive. Yeah, send them to the Metal Gear Survive world. <laughs> um, the very important um, side apps we're going to talk about are the Wandering Mother Base Soldier missions. Um, we'll come back to it, but they're essentially. Um, um, very staggered, confused soldiers that were members of MSF nine years ago before the attack. Um, and they were kind of, uh, scattered. And when you collect them, they give you, um, each of them gives you like a memento, which is a picture of like the old times on mother base, essentially, um, back in the day. I, I, I do want to talk about this really quickly too. And I think we talked about it on the survive episode. There's a weird link to survive in the way that these soldiers act. Yeah. Um, so in one of the weird, there are very few ways to end survive but one of the alternate endings involves you uh choosing to go home before the events of the game are complete in Mm -hmm. survive and when you do so it gives you a cutscene where your character is kind of brainwashed and fucked up from the experience and is wandering the wastes that look just like afghanistan Mm -hmm. in this exact method so a lot of people are like wait a minute are these mother base soldiers from survive uh, yeah from survive which is just fucking nuts but whatever um, the unlucky dog missions are missions where you expect multiple prisoners of wars or hostages. Um, and from what I can tell, correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I can tell, these are just more elaborate prisoner extractions. Um, yeah, that's what I, that's what I found too. Every time I got these, I was like, I don't like what's special about this. Yeah. Um, I think it's just that there's more than one, you know, um, You've got eliminate the heavy infantry missions, which are um, you have to eliminate or extract a squad of heavily armed and armored soldiers by any means necessary. Um, they have mind clearing missions, which you get a um, trophy for doing all of these. Did you get anything special for doing all of these, or do you know if you get anything special for doing all of all these? the mind clearing missions? Or yeah, mind clearing. Um, I don't remember. I think I did, but I don't remember. Okay. Um, yeah, there is a trophy for it, so it made me wonder if there was something special behind it. Huh. No, I don't think so. But yeah, so you have to go into an active minefield and clear out any leftover claymores from battle. Um, eliminate the armored vehicle unit, which is basically the heavy infantry unit, except there are armored vehicles. Um, the legendary gunsmith series, where um, you have to find the master to make your guns pretty mission, essentially. But like each one is like, extract the gunsmith. Oh, my ma- my teacher is here. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not the guy but 
he's here. And so there's three of those. It's very weird and stupid. Um, there's one mission, mission 110, that is called Extract Materials Containers. And it's just one of it. It's one of its kind. Um, and that's literally all it is. Um, there is uh, mission 112 is Intel Agent Extraction. Um, if you listen to our Ground Zeroes episode, you'll know there was a like a side mission to rescue Hideo, the Intel um, Intel team member, um, who is of course Hideo Kojima. Um, if for some reason you didn't do it in that game, um, you can do it again here. Even if you did do it in that game and you have Hideo in your game, you can do it again. So it's yeah, it's basically rescuing Hideo from the from the exact same spot and situation that Kaz was in at the beginning of five. Um, you have the eliminate tank unit missions, um, which is basically the armored unit elimination except with tanks. Um, uh, eliminate the wandering puppets, which are just um, missions where you have to eliminate um, some of the weird uh, soldiers that are under the skulls, weird pos- possession juju, and um, the target pra- practice missions. Each, uh, which is uh, each of the platforms on Mother Base has a target practice range. And fuck these, if you are yeah. um, fuck some. Well, it's not you, all of them, but some of them. Yeah, they give you a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of GMP. Yeah, they do. Give you a lot of GMP, but some of them kind of suck. And if you are privy to um, our um, our uh, Metal Gear Solid One playthrough uh, Let's Play that we did on Patreon, that will someday in the next several weeks be available on YouTube. Um, you'll know my problem because <laughs> I was doing yeah. it live on one of those episodes, and it was bad. Um, yeah, some of them. Uh, some of them are relatively straightforward if you if you shoot the targets and just kind of follow the targets that they are mm-hmm. kind of straightforward and then yeah. others of them they are so obfuscated as to be fucking insanely dumb mm-hmm. yeah so, so it's uh it's very not great um but yeah so that's the side ops and i didn't really have like a lot of like special warm and fuzzies or Dude, important things to say about any of these but the the level of character here is fucking lacking compared to oh, even yeah. the most basic Peace Walker side up. Yeah. Like, I think Peace Walker is like, you're on a date on the beach. You're shooting dinosaurs. Like, it's insane. Yeah. You're shooting dudes from a catapult. Like, and then you play this and you're like, I'm picking up claymores. Yeah. Okay. It's very weird. Yeah. Um. So they're kind of like unspecial. They're mostly just there to. Um, on one hand, like they're there to like give you GMP and on another hand, they're there to kind of let you let off some steam because they don't grade you. So you can do whatever the fuck you want. Um, so that's cool, I guess, but whatever. Yeah, I'm glad Um, they exist, but it's like to what end? Um, also one of the things that we should probably mention is like, I don't think we ever talked about deployment. So you can like send your combat unit out to do missions like Assassin's Creed style. Um, and some of them do, um give you new shit you can research or um, trophies or like special assets or whatever. Right. Exactly. Um, so do you want to get into this big thing? Yeah. The huge chunk of story that is hidden behind an extremely menial task. Why not? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, Um, So so, yeah, let's talk about the, it is possible for you to do the wandering soldiers and not realize that it makes a major impact and arguably the most interactive impact on your base. Yep. Um, 
Sam, what what happens when you do the first wandering soldier? So the thing is, nothing happens. <laughs> That's the problem. You do the mission, and then after you do each of the missions, you um, you get a picture. And it's like I said, I mentioned um, while we were kind of running through the side ops, you get a picture of I think the first ones of Paws, and there's a couple of that has Paws in them, but they're like of Mother Base, like people from Mother Base back in the the day. Um, however, um, after you get the medical platform, I don't know if there's a specific like point when it happens, or I think it might just be when you get the platform. Um, I think you have to have the medical platform to get the first wandering soldier side up. Okay. Then I think it either happens before or it happens like right after. Yeah. Um, but there's a room on the second floor of the medical platform where, uh, where quiet is, um, but like up, um, and if you walk in a cutscene plays and uh snake will walk in and you'll see somebody reading a book. Um, well, you have to hit um, a button too. Like you have to not only approach the door, but you have yeah, to but you have to press circle. a button to enter the room. It doesn't just open automatically. Yeah. Which never happens. Um, I think like anywhere else, but this person is reading a book. It's called, um, Abolición de Ejército y Neutralidad de Costa Rica y la Organización fucking Organization de los Estados Americanos, which is about abolition of the Army and Neutrality of Costa Rica and the Organization of American States, which is a really long fucking title for no reason. Um, <laughs> written by Professor Galvez. Ooh. Um, and you find this is uh, Paz. Paz is sitting on a bed in her undies reading this book. And Snake is very confused by this. And Ocelot and Kaz walk into the room, explain that they were able to seeming chill as remove... fuck, so huh? super chill. They seem yeah, they're super, just like, like really chill. And it's like, why haven't you called me about this? Why am I just kind of accidentally discovering this? Um, but they both walk in and explain that they were were able to remove both of the bombs. Um, uh, and uh, Paz kind of freaks out a little bit, and then you see a flashback. Um, from the Peace Walker scene, and you're seeing everything happen, yeah, but as Paz jumps out of the helicopter, um, you see a rocket from the other helicopter hit your helicopter, so it wasn't the bomb, it was it was, uh, it was was the rocket launcher, and Paz somehow managed to survive hitting the water, but um, that the trauma caused um, within her uh, disassociative amnesia that makes her think it's still 1974, so she kind of blocked out the memories of Cypher and the Peace Walker incident, um, and Kaz is just like, if only she remembered more, we could ask her about Cypher. Um, she knows, uh, she, she remembers Peace Walker. She doesn't remember anything after the events of a certain uh, portion of Peace Walker. Because she remembers, yeah. like, the um, festivities and, and being on Mother Base and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So she remembers, yeah. like, yeah, she does remember that, but she doesn't remember, like, most of the incident. Like, the back half of, like, what happened. And right, right, she doesn't right. Remember, yeah, like, like, she doesn't remember, yeah. like... Galvez revealing himself to be Zadornov. She doesn't remember any of that. Um, but yeah, so um, you go and you do these missions and you bring back these pictures. Um, Specifically there just are, from the Wandering Soldiers. Those are the only ways to get the pictures. Yes. And there are 10 of them. There are 11 slots for pictures, but you only get 10 of them through the missions. But um, um, but yeah, so you go and get these pictures and you bring them bring them back. Um and the the other thing that I noticed about this too, like no matter what time you go into her room to give her the picture, there's always sunlight streaming through the room. Um, yeah, and you can only so give her one very, at a time, which fucking sucks. Yeah, 
You can um, leave her one at a time, and you can't like leave and come back. You have to like leave, leave and come back um, yeah. because she will so, say that her head hurts and that she has to lay down. Yeah. So, so I there's not this isn't a real good rule. Um, so here's here's what I kind of discovered. If you use a cigar to speed up while she rests, you can um, you can kind of wake her up to a point. Um, I think like once or twice or maybe even three times if you're lucky, and then leave to the ACC, come back to wake her up again. And then it's just like, if you go a full 24 hours with a cigar and she's still not awake, that's your cue to leave on the ACC and come back. Um, gotcha. I have a question yeah, for you, Sam. Oh, what's up? How did you stumble across this? Because I cannot for the life of me remember how in the literal fuck I found this. I so think I found the, it by accident. The first time I played, I didn't. That's the thing. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, because you texted me and you were like, holy shit, what? Yeah. Well, that's the only thing. The only reason why I knew about it was because of you. You were like, oh, did you see pause? And I was like, fucking what? Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah. And yeah, I can't, so- I think, I think I was so starved for content that anytime anything fucking happened, I literally went back to Mother Base after every mission the first time that I played. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to find things to do on Mother Base. I was like, surely this isn't a big fucking vacant parking lot. Like, there has yeah. to be something to do here. And, and for the most part, everywhere. it is. But, you know. Yeah. And I was checking every nook and cranny every time a new platform got developed. Mm-hmm. And I'm fairly certain that's how I accidentally... I think I was doing, like, the medical platform um, shooting trial or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I discovered that little nook. And I, after I finished the side op, I was like, I'm going to go check that out again. Because there's a little sign of, like, a nurse. Mm-hmm. Like, a little, like, a little hand-drawn sign. Um, and I went back and it prompted me to press circle and I was like, what the fuck? And then I went in and I was like, what in the literal fuck? And I was so intrigued that every single time one of the wandering soldier missions came up, I was like, I have to do this and I have to Mm -hmm. see what happens. And it takes forever. Like if you discover Mm -hmm. it right around the time that it becomes available, it literally takes you the whole fucking game to get her all of the photos. Yep. Um, yeah, so the first photo is of Miller and Paz. Um, Paz will mention how fun Peace Day was and that they should do it again. Um, the second photo is of uh, Galvez, of Zdornov. Um Paz m- jokes around about um, how weird his instrument was on Peace Day, and she kind of mimics the sound of a theremin, um, mm-hmm. and mentions that um, the professor told her music has no borders before asking where he is. Um, um, and then there... Uh, Photo number three is Paz in a swimsuit, which is, could they just stop, please? Especially right now. <laughs> um, but she kind of like wonders who took, who took the picture and thinks it may have been strange love. Um, after she rubs sunscreen on her, come the fuck on. Yeah. Um, it's a little, it's a little much. Yeah. But she also claims that she's trying not to, uh, remember that so much, but that strange love is a good person despite her quirks and wonders where she is. Um, me too. <laughs> Yeah. Um, photo four is of Nuke, which is a cat they named Nuke, um, inexplicably. Um, she says that he's the official mascot of Mother Base and wonders where he is. Um, yeah, where the fuck is he? He wasn't even in Ground Zeroes, like, or, uh, or, uh, Peace Walker, Peace so. Walker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to um, be Nuke. Yeah. Um, and that she's, that she, she says that she used to see Kaz feeding Nuke when no one was looking before trying to call for him. Um, yeah, if photo you five ever is, if you ever go to if you ever go to a stranger's house and they have a cat named Nuke, that's how you know you're in the presence of like a Metal Gear super fan. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, photo five is of uh, uh, fishing. 
um, how she learned how catching fish when you, uh, when you go fishing isn't as important as the act of being there and having fun together. Um, and then mentioned that Chico got worked up and fell into the sea and asked to be told next time they go fishing. Um, uh, photo six is of Gallo Pinto, which is, um, how, which is, uh, her talking about how she, uh, taught Amanda and Cecile how to make a traditional rice and bean dish of Costa Rica and Nicaragua called Gallo Pinto. Um, oh, I miss Cecile. You what? I said I miss Cecile. I do miss Cecile. Um, Dude, I miss all of my fucking, I just want Peace Walker too, you guys. Yeah, like, yeah. why did we not get that? Like, I want it so bad. Yeah. Um, but she also mentioned that Cecile picked up how to make it fast, claiming that Parisians must have cooking in their blood and wondered why, wonders why Cecile and Amanda haven't visited yet. <laughs> um, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if this is when this happens, but this is just when it happened for me. But upon giving her six pictures, um, Snake walks in on her holding her stomach on the bed. Um, she's kind yeah, of vacant for a little bit too. and then recognizes Snake is there. Um, and Ocelot walks in and mentions that she's been acting different lately, saying that she'd um, respond to conversations that didn't conflict with her timeline before, but now she just won't respond at all. Um, and Ocelot tells Snake that he has no idea what happened, but that Koss told her that Skullface was dead. Um, and that's when it started happening. And then she says that if anyone would want revenge on him, it would be her, but um, that it's not like an angel of peace to cheer for someone's death. Um, and Ocelot says that her wound has been reopened and that medic, the, um, the medic figures it must have been self-inflicted. Um but she, she, um, she kind of gets a little bit like less enthusiastic as you give her pictures now. Um, mm-hmm. um, photo very, seven, like, lethargic and kind of like yes. nonplussed about it. Yes, yeah. very much so. Um, photo seven is of a birthday party mentioning that, um, that the group birthday parties on mother base are something to look forward to every month. Um, and says that, um, Kaz was especially funny at this particular one and asked when the um, party this month is and says that she can't remember last month and kind of like stumbles over herself a little bit and then says that she's an angel of peace and a student and then like goes down again. Um, then there's a picture of Costa Rica and she mentions how the Costa Rican sea is so beautiful and that Costa Rica means rich coast um, and begs Snake to get them out of my country referencing the inciting request that kicked off Peace Walker and then uh, questions who she was thinking of and uh, struggles again. Um, and then photo number nine is of Chico and Amanda and wonders, um, Paz wonders if Chico is think, thinks of her and wonders oh, if he's man. angry since um, she hasn't seen him lately. Um, and she admits that there's something that she's hiding from Chico or that she thought there was. She does the kind of like struggling thing again and passes out. Um, and then photo 10 is football. Um, where Paz talks about joining on joining in on football, mentioning that Huey was refereeing and that um, Huey told her that they had forsaken their countries and become one with the earth, um, and then says that it's good that they're here together um, with everyone and has another moment where she struggles to remember. Um, and then upon returning, um, after giving her the 10th picture, um, there's one more picture outside of um, on the wall outside of her room, and um, the 11th gets you a Morpho Butterfly, which is a picture of a blue butterfly. And the caption on it claims that it was discarded. Um, so when you go into the room, um, after collecting the photo, Paz uh, starts digging at her wound. And she yells at Snake to stay away. And Snake notices that she's bleeding. Um, and this is very intense. Paz's wound kind of opens up and some of her like guts start to spill out a little bit. Um, while she freaks out about there being another bomb. And kind of digs into her stomach some more and pulls out another bomb. And then she kind of falls back. Um, and uh, it flashes back to the helicopter. And Snake's kind of caught in the explosion. 
and uh, Snake wakes up, um, and a butterfly kind of flies away from him, and he is outside um, and notices the butterfly land on a peace symbol on the wall, and then uh, kind of catches the butterfly and crushes it, and when he opens his hand, the butterfly was never there. And then it zooms out, and you realize that Paz's room was under construction and never existed in the first place. Um, and so, um, yeah. It's fucking nuts. It is fucking nuts. So you get a tape I feel, after I feel like, this that I feel, is yeah. like maybe not quite real um um listening to the tapes you kind of you you kind of confirms that Paz is actually dead and that snake invented her as a phantom to kind of confront his guilt like not really not confront his guilt to like feel better about her death um and mentions that peace day never came she's remembering she's he's like remembering false memories um yeah and i noticed that too because whenever she was talking about the things in the photos i was like None of this ever happened. Mm-hmm. Like certain, there are certain photos when she talks about it that I'm like, oh, that's something from Peace Walker. And then I went back when we were playing Peace Walker for the show and I was like, none of that is here. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's very much so. So it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, despite her working for Cypher, Snake kind of felt a care and responsibility for her and feel, and he felt responsible for her death and also didn't quite accept it. So collecting these mementos made Snake kind of remember and eventually accept the fact that she died. And well, it's actually and it's secondhand. It's what? Like it's all secondhand too, because like the medic shouldn't have any of these feelings. Yeah, exactly. And it's so all it does like, make well, you it's, wonder, it's like, part of is like it the half therapy, remembered? like, the, like the, what have you? Like it's very, it's very strange. Um, um, but yeah, so once he accepted it, he was able to kind of see the illusion for what it was, and. I kind of wanted to like take the opportunity to um, to kind of use it to talk about like disassociation, like disassociative disorders a little bit, because mm-hmm. it's a very key part of like the story. And I thought that this whole like series was kind of like a very powerful and kind of like physical, visceral look at disassociation and internalizing guilt um, a little bit. And so I wish they would have le- I wish they would have leaned into it more in the whole. Yeah. Oh, for game. sure. Because, like, I feel like if you take a magnifying glass to this whole pause situation, I feel like there's probably room for interpretation that, like, the whole game, the whole game's plot is housed within Mm -hmm. this side mission. Yeah, exactly. Um, And it's it's just such, like, a contained and, like, very powerful thing. Um, And it explains a lot. Yeah. so I kind of want to talk about it a little bit. I know we're going a little long, but I think it's, imp- I, I, I really do want to mm-hmm. talk about this. Um, For sure. So I'm not like an expert by any means, but um, um, there's a couple different types of disassociative disorder. Um, and the two big ones that are involved here, we have dissociative amnesia and disassociative identity disorder. Um, there's another one um, that I kind of struggle with called disperson- depersonalization, depersonalization disorder. Um um, and they kind of all fall under the same spectrum. Um, so disassociative identity disorder is um, kind of like when traumatic events and things that have happened to you that uh, cause trauma um, um, kind of like help like split your, your mind. So it kind of es- expresses itself as multiple personality disorder. That's what it used to be called. Um so it's it's very much the existence of two dis, two or more kind of like distinct identities within the brain, um, and it very, I think this very much applies to 
snake in this game quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. There's a there's a really good like 40 minute video that Super Bunny Hop did, which was um, analyzing Metal Gear Solid Five through the lens of dissociative identity disorder. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one called dissociative amnesia, um, which kind of like involves not being able to recall things that are about yourself, um, which is not like being forgetful necessarily it's 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 related to trauma so like you're not able to remember a complete period of time which is um what we're dealing with here um um the uh not being able to remember like um a specific part of a specific event um and then there are there's generalized uh, amnesia which is like a complete loss of identity and life history completely which I think also Snake deals with. Um, I think depersonalization is um, is um, not quite um, dealt with in this one, but I, I identify with it quite a bit. Um, it's it is kind of the experience, like it's it's almost like an out of body experience when you're in the middle of like a situation that is stressful or traumatic um where you kind of like are witnessing what's happening but through the lens of an outside observer um and i do that sometimes in like very very like high stress situations um and it sucks can you can you describe it sometimes because like i it's, i feel like for some folks it might be difficult to it's like comprehend it's so the way that I kind of experience it, it's it's one of those things where if something in, in like if something is very stressful or traumatic, um, you'll kind of like anybody who's seen it happen to me, which I, it it doesn't happen frequently, so not a lot of people have seen it. But I kind of like zone a little bit and like kind of stare off into the distance, and I don't interact. But like I'm hearing and I'm understanding and I'm seeing what's going on. I'm just like I'm just I'm like I'm like beyond it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm pulling myself, I'm I, like I'm, my brain is pulling pulling myself out of the situation, mm-hmm. so as to not impact me further. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's like a, almost like a sheltering mechanic or something. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's like it's 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 they're all like defense mechanisms essentially, mm-hmm. and they're not like and people a lot of people don't have the choice, but they're not healthy defense mechanisms because it's just, but your brain is responding to trauma in like an extreme way. And that's just what happens. Like, it's not anything that you choose to have happen to you. It's just what happens. Um, yeah. Well, and some of that shit gets so buried, buried deep down. Like, obviously I think, um, I know people who have had, um, these kind of traumatic experiences, but I've never experienced it firsthand. So obviously mm-hmm. like I'm kind of, kind of speaking secondhand here, but like, uh, for instance, people who maybe dealt with some sort of sexual abuse at a young mm-hmm. age um, will compartmentalize it and not really consider it. Um, and then down the road, and I'm not saying this happens to everybody, but down the road, they might find themselves performing the same actions, mm-hmm. um, unsure of why, and they're perpetuating those behaviors because yeah. it's so deep-seated and subconscious. Mm-hmm. Um and like I know people who, like, just went through a very weird, sheltered 
childhood and then through therapy realized that um, they had a ton of anger for their parents um, for a bunch of shit that they never even considered. Um, and just, I don't know, the weird ways that our brain tries to protect us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And some of that shit's super fucking intense. Some of that shit is, uh, also unrecognizable, like by the people who are suffering from it. So. Yeah. And, um, it takes a lot. It takes a lot out of you. Mm-hmm. But um, um, shit. Uh, well, and I want to say, I mean, and honestly, too, like I know we obviously are uh, we are going a little bit long, but I, 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 in general, just wanted to say, like, even in the ambiguous kind of general sense that you opened up, I, I just wanted to say thank you, Sam, for feeling comfortable enough to even open up about something like like this because I think um it's just a really difficult mental health situation and uh yeah well, I don't know I just I wish the game would have it's one of those done things something where you know I you know I I feel like I've been honest and transparent about it you know for a long time on the show um it took a while for me to get there um but I did um and it's helped some people you know um it I, you know, some shit happened when I was young, you know, and it, as it does to a lot of people and fuck me up, you know, I've got, I've got some issues and, um, and it's, it's just, it, it's, and, and I say that because it is very real and very raw and very like, impactful to see stuff like this dealt with in the mediums that I choose to consume. And for as much, um, for as much shit as we have given five to this point, um, I think that this whole series of missions was, um, was like this whole series, like the side side, like quest essentially was very, um, it was very powerful and I wish they would have dove into it more, I think. Um, cause it could have worked as a very, very good, um, awareness piece. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, part of me does wonder, and maybe this is me being cynical as fuck. Um, uh, part of me does wonder if maybe they didn't fully comprehend what it was that they were suggesting was going on and that this was just in service for the quote unquote big cinematic twist at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only part of me that feels like a little bit of disingenuity uh, on their behalf is like, um, this feels like the training wheels version of the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, I mean, and I mean, I'm somebody who's writing and producing a film right now about mental health. Um, and I'm trying very hard, um, to not treat it as mental health in service of a cool twist. Um, I'm trying really hard to make my movie actually be about mental health, um, and getting help. Like literally the whole point of my film is, uh, about getting help. 
And um, I do feel like sometimes Hollywood and in this case, by extension, Kojima uh, is just fucking down to use whatever it takes to put together a cool cinematic thing. Um, And so part of me does worry that kind of like child soldiers, uh, cool big picture idea, but like, was it given the respect and the attention that it needed? Mm hmm. And I just, I, I can't answer that question confidently, yeah. I don't think. I can't either. I mean, cause like, here's, here's the problem with, um, making, and, and I'm not saying that you did this, you, de- you, like, you for sure didn't, um, but the problem with making declarative statements about, um, about intention, especially with shit like this, is that, um, like you can't, you don't know what people are going through, man. You don't know where mm-hmm. it's coming from. You don't know who it came from. You don't know. You don't know what position, like the decision to include this, came from. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So it's 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 hard to say. Um, I what I what I think is, um, it made me. I had to I had to take a step back after I played through it for the first time. Cause like I knew it was there, but I had never like watched videos about it or had seen it or anything like that. So I was just like, all right, let's see what this is. And I had no idea that she wasn't real. I had no idea of any of this stuff. And it was just like, I, um, I had to like turn it off for the night and like kind of deal with that and how it made mm-hmm. me feel. So it, 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 it it worked on that level. I think it, I think if it would have been, I don't know if it would have been better or worse if it was expanded more and dealt with more throughout the game. Um, but I think for the little part that it had, I think it was, I think it was done pretty well and illustrated in such like a, like a powerful way that like it's, it's incredibly difficult to, um, express kind of what it is. And what it feels like. I'm not saying that like everybody like imagines that they that somebody that they that they love that died is back and not dead and is kind of like shepherding them through their guilt or whatever. But it's kind of like it's it's one of the first times I've seen like it depicted in a way that felt as powerful as the feeling of right. dealing with what it. Is, it's difficult to to illustrate what it feels like without having to be over the top mm-hmm. um because like it was not my intention to set out to write a short film about somebody who has anxiety stress depression anger issues um and schizophrenia mm-hmm. but the way that those things manifested to tell the story meant that there was a lot of visual stuff that had to happen And so whenever I, like I literally gave my script to some mental health professionals when I got done and I said, can you diagnose my main character with an actual thing so that I make, so that I make sure that it's accurate. Um, And they, they read out all the stuff and I was like, okay, cool. That was all intentional. And then when they got to schizophrenia with visual indicators, I was like, oh fuck, I did, I didn't intend for that. Like, is, is that okay? And they're like, oh, no, it's totally fine. Like, no one would really experience it to this heightened of a level. But the fact that you're depicting it this way makes it easier for people to understand what it feels like. 
Mm. Um, and I think the same could probably be said for something like this. Like this is extreme, yeah. but like you have to be extreme for people to really understand what it feels Yeah, for people like. who don't know to understand like what's happening inside of the right. head. The last time right. it happened, the last time it happened to me, the last time I kind of dissociated like that was um, uh, last summer. And it was when I first started my new position at work and there was a lot going on. It was very stressful. There was a person who at work who wasn't pulling their weight and was just like completely like the whole place felt like it was melting. Um, and there was just this like it was just very like very like kind of loud confrontational meeting in a very small room with five people sitting in this room in very close proximity and our meetings are kind of like a little bit more relaxed anyway. So I remember the last, like I remember, um, kind of kicking my shoes off and kind of like, like turning my back to everybody and like resting my feet against the wall and looking at the screen with had all of like the logistics about what we were doing and the notes and stuff on it. And I just completely zoned out. And I remember the entire meeting. I remember the confrontation. I just wasn't there. And it was, it, it's, it's hard to explain, but I just, compl- I wasn't there completely. Like you couldn't, like I was just, I was out. That's crazy. Did anybody say anything to you afterwards? Um, no, I don't think so. I think, I think it was recognized that, um, it was kind of recognized that, uh, something was wrong, but I don't think it was mm-hmm. recognized to that degree. Um, gotcha. and like right after that, like after the meeting was over, like I, I came back and then I remember just being kind of like not feeling it. And then my boss pulled me aside to one of the phone rooms near our area. And that was the first time I like broke down and started like sobbing at work because it was just so much like it's, it's very, I feel emotions differently. And that's, mm-hmm. that seems very like high minded and like, ooh, kind of to say, I think, but, um, it affects me differently and it affects me in a, like a weirder way and like a more powerful way than I think, um, a lot of people. Um, and so like, I feel things like that and it affects me. It affects my energy and my like emotional state. And it just was a lot to deal with. And it's just kind of a thing. It's just like a thing that I, that I deal with. Yeah. Um, And I, I, and I only asked to not, not as like a leading indicator or something, but I only asked cause, um, I am extremely curious to see how companies handle mental health, like in the workplace. You know what I mean? Cause it's think, one of those things. A lot of places are like, and it's starting to become something people are that a getting lot more better places at are it. like, like focusing on and trying to do better about, but it's not something that's been like forefront for a long time for a no, lot of places. I mean, we're dealing with a whole fucking generation of human beings in this country who, um, and not even in this country, like my Sicilian grandparents, whenever I told them that I had been seeing a therapist for like three years, they were like, why would you do that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think for culturally, like nationally and internationally, I think, uh, we are only just now getting to a point where people feel comfortable even seeing people about mm-hmm. mental health. Um, but I truly believe that the reality of it is the same way that you get physical checkups. Um, everybody should get mental checkups and, um, we should treat that like general body maintenance and not Mm -hmm. like hippy dippy bullshit because that's not what it is. Yeah. Cause if you really think about it, like your brain is what runs your fucking body, you know? Yeah. Right. So like you're going to want to get a fucking diagnostic on the engine in your body. 
Yeah, and if your brain's not working, then your fucking the recipe's not working. You know what I mean? So it's just like yeah. it's de- it's fucking debilitating sometimes, man. Like there are times when, like when I was when I was like living with my parents still, like I would get like chastised for like getting up at one, and it's not because I wanted to get up at one. It's just because like I have literally nothing in me to get up before that. Like right. it's just it it's 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 exhausting exhausting. And it's completely, um, and it can be completely like blanketing and overwhelming. Like there's nothing I, else I, except for it, you know? I would say it goes the other way too. Like when, and I'm not trying to turn this into pain Olympics or anything, but like I know people and sometimes I fall into this camp that overindulge in not stimulus in the traditional sense, but like have to be doing something. Mm-hmm. And when you're not doing something, you fall apart. Yeah. And I think that is just as much an indicator of something being wrong when you have to mm-hmm. continuously keep your mind active to keep yourself from falling apart yeah. um, is just as bad as not getting out of bed all yeah. day. Um, and I think they're both indicators that something is not right. You know, um, the best part is, is when it happens to when it's like it's both of them happen to mm-hmm. the same person. Like it's and which is possible. Like it's very. Oh, dude, that happens to me all the fucking time. Like there are days yeah. where I literally stay up forever and do everything because I can't stop thinking. Um, and then there are days when I can't get out of bed. Um, and I'm not saying those days have been uh, recent or that they're currently happening. It's just on the journey of life. I have had that same. I've had those two days happen in one week. You know what I mean? Um very far apart from each other where it's like, why can't I get out of bed? I don't want to get started. And then there are days where it's like, I can't stop. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, I appreciate you bringing that to uh, the show, Sam. I think that that's, it means a lot. And uh, hopefully people listening uh, can get something out of it. So hopefully they made it here. <laughs> yeah. Fuck dude. I don't know if I'm going to make it. It's like almost um, one o'clock my time. Yeah. Um, how do we? Yeah. Uh, well, I guess on, that's on the that end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, what you should have done is just the very sad longing. Boss. <laughs> Boss. You forgot about me. You forgot about me. Revolver Ocelot. <laughs> Can you? <laughs> you should record that voice, and that should just be one of the soldiers on Mother Base. <laughs> Like when they're all like, "It's good to see you, boss." Like one of them was just like, "Hey, boss! <laughs> hey, you He's guys!" You. He's just chasing you around the base. <laughs> oh, boss, would you like to spar with me, boss? <laughs> boss, let's train. Jeez, uh, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about. Uh, let's wrap it up. Yeah, let's wrap it up. So, um, so yeah, so uh, you can find everything. That we're going to talk about here in just a second at MetalGearMondays.com. Um, so. That's your source for everything. That's episodes. That's links. That's everything you need. Um, you can support us on Patreon by going to Patreon.com slash MetalGearMondays. Um, I'm not going to detail all that stuff. You can look it up yourself. It's cool shit. Um, you can go to Facebook.com slash MetalGearMondays. That's where the invite for our hangout at Spin Seattle is on uh, May 25th. So check that out. Um you can go Twitter at Metal Gear Monday. That's where you can hit us up on Twitter. Um, 
Instagram at Metal Gear Mondays. Um, I'm going to be getting back into, and if you're listening to this at this point in time, you've probably already seen it, but I'm going to get back into the clips again soon. So that's pretty cool. Um, uh, what else? YouTube. We don't have a link as of time of recording. If you look up, uh, if you look at Metal Gear Mondays or Metal Gear Solid podcast, we will come up as like the top thing. Yes. So check that out. When we get a hundred subscribers, we can get um, we can get we're a, halfway. Uh, we're yeah, we're about halfway there. Um, when we get to a hundred subscribers, um, we will be able to uh, get a custom URL. Um, it's kind of bullshit that you have to get a hundred subscribers to get that custom URL, but it is what it is. Um, so we're currently uploading like all of our old episodes and stuff like that. Um, if that is not how you consume podcasts, which um, um, a lot of people don't consume podcasts that way. Um, that's I feel not like all. YouTube it's be- premium is uh, making it uh, easier to do that, though. Yeah, you, yeah, for sure. Um, um, but if it's not the way you consume podcasts, that's fine. We're going to also start uploading let's plays um, on the channel. Um, we do let's plays for patron uh, patrons um, on our Patreon, and um, we. Tonight, actually, just finished, as we're recording this, just finished the our playthrough of Metal Gear Solid 1. Um, we're going to play boy through... Boy, howdy. The, it's what? I said, boy, howdy. Boy, howdy. Alessio yeah, died Liquid a Snake, lot. Dude, Liquid um, Snake whipped my ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, we're going to play through Metal Gear, the original Metal Gear for the MSX. Um uh, on for patrons, and once we're done playing that, we're going to start releasing Metal Gear Solid One on the YouTube. So if you subscribe, you get a hold of that soon, and then we're going to kind mm-hmm. of start releasing all of our let's plays on a schedule like that. Um, yep. So for every NES, two we, Gear. for every two we give the patrons, we're going to give one to the YouTube, and so on and so forth. And and to keep it special, I think we're going to keep we're going to do some like one off episodes that are just for patrons forever. Um, but we want to start like filling our YouTube with content, so that's kind of going to be the arrangement going forward. Um, Yay! All of this and so much more, MetalGearMondays.com. Check it out. Um, Alessio? Oh, wait. Also, bit.ly forward slash MetalGear MGM fucking... Just go to the website. There's a link to a store. You can buy stuff. Um, Alessio? <laughs> Sam, do you see what happens when you become host? Do you like, somehow just forget that there's a merch shop? Yeah, it's insane. At least I don't forget there's a fucking Instagram, Alessio. Yeah, that's fair. I was going to say, when you become host, you actually have to push something out of your brain. And it's always the merch shop for some reason. Yeah, it's always the merch shop. We have a merch Uh, shop. Bit.ly slash MGM store. That's it. But yeah, all of it's on the website. Check it out. Um, Alessio, where can they find you on the internet? Sam, I have a question for you. For me? Uh, Am I going to get to be the Pat Sajak of episode number 100? Or are you going to continue to host? Oh. I don't know. Maybe we should make Isaac do it. Ooh, that would actually be... Yes. I'm all on board for that. I will build his materials and I will put him in charge. Okay, good. I love that. That sounds great. (laughs) Perfect. Glad that we've come up with that without his input. I love it. Yep. You can find me at at AC Summerfield on Twitter and acsummerfield.com. I, starting next week... I'm making a hard vow. Uh, I'm going to be uh, doing some blogs probably once a day for my upcoming movie and a music video that comes out in two weeks. Um, and boy, howdy, am I tired, but for mm-hmm. good reason. And you'll learn all about yes. it. Yay. 
Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Sanjul. That's S-A-N-J-U-U-L. I tweet stuff there sometimes, and that's really the extent. I'm kind of just waiting for the moment when I post like a well-meaning, funny tweet, and it blows up, and I can uh, reply to that tweet saying, "No SoundCloud, but you can check out my podcast here." And that'll be, <laughs> that'll be a cool. That'll be a cool day. But until then, it's Sanjul. Yay! Also, Yay. you can talk to both of us on Discord. At yeah. our Discord for one dollar a month on Patreon. Yep, 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 yep. Um, so. Also, I just wanted to go ahead and put this out there. Um, I talked about it loosely, I think, on a previous episode. Um, Metal Gear Mondays is now kicking five dollars a month to Metal Gear Informer. So, yeah. as one Metal Gear fan community to another, thanks. Yay! Dope. Love that. Um, also, if you join the if you join the Patreon at the at least one dollar a month and get in the. Uh, discord and you've always wanted to play a game of pathfinder um with a couple of nerds um i am currently working or well cole duncan um is working on a uh kind of like a one-shot pathfinder story for me and uh, tori cortez to play um my best friend tori cortez so if you <laughs> want to get in on that um you can jump in to our discord and play with us there and let us know yeah, that sounds great. And the more people that are in the Discord, the more fun shit that happens. So consider. Yay. Yay. Well, cool. Uh, um, I don't. We're coming up on a hundred of these. I don't. I don't know what to do. Um, hey, there's so so um so you hey, know how oh, I got one. I got one. I got no, one. Oh, Sam. you got one. I got one too. Okay, go ahead. Because I was going to say, so you know how we're doing our trivia episode for episode 100? Uh-huh. I think I have another prize for a first place winner. Oh, what's the prize? Well, they get to, they get to send us out. They get to end the show. And you know what they Ooh, have to say to I, end the show, right? I, I don't know, Sam. What do they have to say? They have to say, it's just a box. Just a box. What was yours? <laughs> or are you gonna say? I was gonna it? say. I was gonna say, and maybe this will maybe this will end up at the end. Uh, I'm starting a squad of gentlemen uh-huh. who uh-huh. show up after podcasts are over, and they do uh-huh. cleanup duty on what's left. <laughs> uh-huh. And we're it's called XOB, um, uh-huh. and we say Zob is just a, and uh, there you go. That's it. <laughs> That was really bad. I love it though. I liked it a lot. That's what I'm here for. (laughs) We people got to love the bad things too, you know. Yeah, they got to take the good with the bad. If you if you don't, if you if you can't handle me at my worst, then congratulations, you've set healthy boundaries (laughs) for yourself and your own mental health. And I applaud you. That's amazing. This is the I did not. I didn't (laughs) expect. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs>